witches, wizards and muggles. Such an honour it is to welcome you to Renovate, a Harry Potter TCG Revival Podcast with your host, Doug, Mona and Emilio. Thanks for that introduction, Dobby. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Renovate, a Harry Potter TCG revival podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-hosts. Mona Morsi, Harry Potter Morsi here in the house. I thought Emilio was going to go because he looked up. <laughs> I always leave it up to like, you guys to figure that out. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> How are you, Emilio? <laughs> I'm good. Sorry, my headphone uh, fell out, so I didn't know what to do. That's why I just froze. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm great. I'm here with you all, and we're here together. Present. Yes. yes. That's it. Super excited about it. Uh, we're uh, talking about another card set tonight. In fact, tonight we're discussing Diagon Alley, the first to introduce locations and all sorts of really cool stuff. But as usual, before we dive into what we're going to be discussing tonight, I think it'd be cool if we go over our top three to five cards of the previous set. So last episode, we discussed the Quidditch Cup. Um does anybody want to go first with their favorite cards? I know uh, we have them prepared. I can go first. Um, okay. So, you know, my favorite cards, I'm going to go five to one, just to go reverse. So in, sure. in the number five, I have Chocolate Frogs, just because, you know, since I was a kid, Chocolate Frogs is something that was very special for me because I like animals and chocolate, and they were both together. So a really cool card, and it's a great tutor. Then you have Halloween Feast for similar reasons. It's really cool art, you know, Halloween, candy, and bats. Then you have Putter Outer because I love the, you know, I love the simplicity of the thing that looks like a lighter. And I like the effect a lot too, to bounce things from your opponents. Then Gold Cauldron because it just looks amazing. I want that in my room. Absolutely. Yeah. And in, in the first place, I have Golden Snitch because I find the effect hilarious for being such a high cost card it makes no sense and i'm totally (laughs) totally making a deck with it that i want to play against doe and uh, mona well against doe because mona i cannot play that deck i'm pretty sure i would die (laughs) like i would just draw it and i would be already dead so it's like you know yeah yeah. i feel like you guys think i'm like the most (laughs) like the worst player or like the most savage no, which is good no, i guess but you're like, great we have you're to. just very <laughs> serious about their gameplay well, yeah. it's very funny you uh, even say you'd want to play that in a deck because we're in the midst of the revival tournament right now and i'm getting my ass kicked but uh, the thing about it is uh i've seen some people yeah. use the golden snitch in their decks and it's very just like oh man what a interesting card i don't i still don't know how to feel about it it feels very trollish like emilio says he wants to play it even if he knows he's gonna lose <laughs> uh it's very interesting but uh as far as the top five for uh me i'll also go five to one i'm gonna start with swarm what a cool card uh to be able to count up all the creatures in play and do that much damage uh specifically now that i'm very much into like owl decks and stuff like that's great card fouled uh is my number four uh to limit your opponent on uh actions absolutely very uh horrible card and do some damage at the same time uh number three goes to professor mcgonagall like she's got to be in the conversation of top five for me uh just a great professor and yes give me the ability to have transfiguration cards in my deck without having to run that lesson type any day 
Um, and then number two, I'll say Catch the Snitch for obvious reasons. And number one is Slytherin Match because it's the only real healing opportunity for a Quidditch player. Huh. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Um, for me, I would say McGonagall is number one. I love her as a starting character. I love her ability. Uh, just like you said, Doug, I love the fact that I can have um, her as a starting character without having transfiguration lessons, but she provides that power. Um, transfiguration and creatures go really well together. And so I just love the, like the, the fact that I can have a full, really good deck with, um, only creature lessons, um, you know, in it so that I could use both spells and creatures. And, um, like you also, I love swarm swarm is like one of my faves, especially with like that creature deck. It just, uh, it, you know, kind of has the ability to do, damage using your opponent's creatures you yes. know which i think is like so it's like it's like definitely like a punch to the gut but it's also <laughs> like you know it's like really great because it's like well because sometimes you know your, your opponent will like lock you down somehow or like i've had i've had like a great deck and i wasn't able to pull my my creatures but they have a whole bunch of creatures and then i get swarm and i'm like nice yes uh yeah so it's awesome i love the art for research uh i don't know like there's just something about it you know that's just like you know you're in a library and every single time like there was like this sort of like love that I had with Hermione being like a bookworm and going to the library all the time. And so I just totally dig that. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I would say that the last two, I really like Defendo, the art for that as well. Uh, I'm mostly just going based off of art now. Um, but let me see after Defendo, I don't know, you know, I, I really, really like, uh, I guess quite a few of them. Neville looks so Neville-y nah. to me. <laughs> yeah. So like to me, that's like <laughs> definitely quintessential Neville. Uh, but I also love the detail in Halloween Feast. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, just like zooming into that mm-hmm. is just like absolutely awesome. So yeah, I guess we can go on. But but I would say those are like my top five, six. I have to Very say, cool. I have to say something about Neville. The casting the kid that did Neville, like it really have. Uh, those the image I had even in the books of him, like it, he, mm. that kid really looks derpy, and he changed. Now he's a very <laughs> sexy person, but in the movies, yeah, yeah. In the first movies, he really looked like a mess, and it was yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's right. It's true. Agreed. I agree. So the card looks yeah. like even like, looks better, like a fancier Neville in my mind after yeah. seeing the movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, awesome. Well, I'm glad we could kind of go over that and tie in our previous episode. Listener, if you haven't checked that out, please do. But it, all right, it brings us to uh, the the Diagon Alley set. Uh, let's go card by card and have a full-on discussion on these uh, new cards that they've introduced. Like I said at the beginning of the show, this is the first time we're introduced location, so I'm excited to get to that. But um, let's get this one off and started. I think I'll start off the rotation and we'll go uh, from me to Emilio and then to Mona. So our first card is Beater Grabs the Snitch, and it's a Quidditch power card. It costs four Quidditch power, and it's a spell that reads, return a match in play to its owner's hand. So pretty handy if, uh, especially let's say your opponent's playing something as brutal as like 30 day long match or however that reads, uh, the the really long one, uh, you can just be like, nope, don't want to deal with that. True. Definitely. Or is it three months long match? Three, That's yeah, what I'm three months. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, three decade long match. <laughs> exactly. That's what it <laughs> yeah. feels like. I don't that is what it, it feels often. like. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely an interesting card, right? Like you're it's four, but it bounces, so it's gonna return. 
It's kind of like an yeah, it's uh interesting. I, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, yeah. Laura? Yeah, I mean, I do like this card. I don't use it as often as I probably should, yeah. but I think it's because I want to like I have a lot of matches in my Quidditch mm-hmm. deck. And so instead of like filling it up with cards that would return matches, you know, I just want to play as many as I can. Um, but it, there has been a couple times where it's like saved me because, you know, I'm getting my ass kicked and then <laughs> someone, you know, my opponent puts a uh, match down and then I end up having beater grabs a snitch. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just return that because now I don't have to worry about it. And, you know, they don't, they don't get the reward or I don't get the reward, you know, sort of like kind of gave me like a clean slate, but it's only been a couple times that I have. So. Yeah, I can see it being very circumstantial. Like, let's say that your opponent has like a bludger out or multiple bludgers out and things that are very contingent on a match mm-hmm. being in play by you being able to bounce that just like, nope, don't want any of that damage. So yeah. it can be handy. But again, yeah, I don't find myself using it very often myself. Yeah. yeah. In later sets, I think there's better uh, choices. But yeah, for now, if we're just looking from Diagon down, it's a pretty good way to deal with matches. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. And then we can move to number two now. Yeah, mm-hmm. which uh, I am cursed with this card. It's a bullseye, bullseye, bullseye. Is that how you say it? Potion. Yeah, I think so. Potion. Yeah. Uh, it costs ten, so pretty costly. It's an item for one, so I'm very happy about it. It's not a spell, and uh, basically, you know, uh, you can use an action, discard it, and then you hit your opponent for thirteen damage. So pretty brutal, a lot of damage, and then it interacts with other cards that we're gonna talk. Uh, you know. Uh, following up, but on its own, it's a powerful item, cost 10, packs 13 damage, but then there's recurrence of items in the game. So, you know, sometimes it, it could be a choice to include this. And for the other cards that we're going to talk about are the pickled eyes and the beetle eyes or something like that. Eel eyes. I'm hungry. So pickled. That's a, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I really do like this card a lot. Um, I I use it without the eel eye and, mm, and um, beetle eyes, yeah. and I also use it in that in that combination. Yeah. Um, because then I did it. I did an episode on this on that three. But the thing that I like about it is to use it with um, Arthur Weasley as a starting character ah, okay. because yeah, you know you sense. can yeah. even if you have Bulgeye in play, then you could obviously use Arthur Weasley's ability to do that ten damage to your opponent, which is using uh, an item mm-hmm. and its cost. You know. So uh so that that that's why I like it, you know, so you could do that and then you can discard it the next turn doing another 13. So it can be brutal in wow. that way. Yeah, yeah. So so just that combination alone um if you want to call it a combo. I I call it like whenever I use two cards together or in my mind I see them working together, I call that a combination. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think somebody on my YouTube on on the YouTube try to like comment and say like almost like a debate with me if it was a combo or not. But anyway, I just so whenever I say a combo, I mean like maybe they weren't like meant to be used together, but that's how I see it. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, I, th- I think combo is an okay word for it. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, so I do like I do like bulge. Not combination it. though, because combination makes me think of Chinese food back home. That's <laughs> okay, what we call yeah. like when we order like a a plate. And just very quickly because I wanted to say. I, I'm cursed with this card because this is the card I mostly pulled from my Diagon Alley pack. <laughs> yes. So for the oh. base set, I mostly pulled the Malevolent Mixture. That was yep. the yep. recurrent. And then for Diagon Alley was the Potion. So I destroyed lots of potions in my early days because I used to play in my bathtub, as I've mentioned. I was yeah. like 
soak the cards and put it against the wall and they would fight each other and stuff like that and then the loser would get destroyed so bullseye potion got destroyed so i still have like i think like 13 copies of it but i destroyed like five i think i love your childhood yeah no that is very funny yeah i'm grown up now i did destroy lots of cards like that mostly Yu-Gi-Oh cards though dude that's so funny it was fun it was lots of fun okay sweet uh we'll move on to the third card which is christmas feast um, this is a really good card and very similar to Halloween Feast, uh, in the art and sort of like, I guess the flavor of it. Uh, another one that I really enjoy the, uh, art of. It is a spell and it reads, put up to four non-healing item cards from your discard pile into your hand. Uh, really helpful if you've got non-healing items that you want to use like that Bulgeye. Yeah, it makes sense for this set because it's so item heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it <laughs> yes, is. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Um, and that brings us to our next card, which is Color Changing Ink. Uh, it's an item that reads, you may use an action to count the cards in your hand. Put them all on the bottom of your deck in any order and then draw that many cards. So it's just a way to say, my hand sucks, I'm starting fresh. Uh, it's like the mulligan, but uh, a card that gives you that action. So it's pretty nice, especially if you have like cards that are dead weights that are in your hand. Let's say, like I don't know, like... Uh, anti-creature cards and your opponent's not playing creatures right. things like that you can just kind of reset and be like let's leave it up to the uh luck of the draw yep that's pretty handy yeah. i don't really use it though yeah hmm. yeah I'm, I'm with you on that it's it's funny because like as we read some of these cards i'm like oh that's a good card as though i never knew that it existed or something <laughs> i'm like no like just put it in your fucking deck then dude like just stop yeah. you know yes, no. yeah so been there <laughs> yeah it's even during this tournament some people are playing cards that are, are specifically from Chamber of Secrets that I'm still unfamiliar with a lot of those cards mm-hmm. and I'm like man I need to read up on these and put them in my decks I'm <laughs> yeah, with you especially online yeah. yeah color changing ink it's a it's an effect that normally gets a lot of play in a lot of other games so an effect like this in Magic the Gathering is it's from Scroll Rack the card um and yeah it's just a very useful effect depending on the game I've always used it outside of Harry Potter but I don't play that much Harry Potter so I don't know. I may I may use this. It's it's cool looking, and I know Mona has a video on like getting the card sign or something. You have like a whole thing. Yeah, drawn. yeah, I do. It's pretty cool. Um, I had the artist uh, do like a recreation of the art, and he wrote, you know, like I had him like write like a certain message on in there instead of the yeah, you know, the scribbles and stuff. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. No, that's a that's awesome. cool video. We'll post a I'll post a picture of it on the Instagram. Nice, sweet. And then we have Draco Malfoy, right? Yes. So <laughs> Draco Malfoy is my favorite character uh, to have as a starter because mm. I love items and he gives you that extra action. Uh, once you play an item, you get an extra action. So pretty cool. And of course, it combos with a lot of cards in this set and future sets, especially with the eel eyes and the beetle eyes and the potions. For me, I like to use it with the books that we're going to talk about later. Uh, mm. draw, draw you some cards, give you some lesson power. But also with Putter Outer, uh, because you can, you know, if you're playing items every turn, Putter Outer will bounce a card from your opponent, right? So you basically will net one more action than your opponent if you're bouncing something like an adventure back to their hand. So really cool card, uh, to play. And, and yeah, that's what I can say about it. 
Yeah, I need to use this card more. I love that idea and that ability. Yeah, I, I would love to just b- build a deck focused around items and Draco Malfoy. That sounds really fun. Yeah, that does sound fun. I, I never actually used Draco Malfoy Slytherin uh, as a starting character. I've used the other Draco Malfoy from base set, um, yeah. you know, yeah. but but this one I haven't. So that's actually really good. Uh, even just talking about all these cards out loud, you know, obviously just having like ideas for new decks is always good, you know, because we haven't been able to explore even the cards that still exist, you know, with different combos and things like that. So uh, I'm really curious to see what Emilio has to say about the books because I've never used any of the book items in decks at all. So yeah. Cool. Okay, so moving to the next one, we've got Dragonhide Gloves. It is an item, and it says, whenever a creature does damage to you, prevent one of that damage. Um, so pretty cut and dry, uh, you know, with this one, is it's a good way to, to have damage um, prevented. It, it is pretty expensive for just yeah. one, you know, to be. It's, so it's kind of like, you know, yes, in theory, it sounds good because you want as much damage prevented as possible. But in my opinion, if, if you want to be able to not take the damage from your deck, then I would use something like Leaping Toadstool instead because that costs, what, one? And it yeah. gives you four, uh, you know, like four... Essentially, you can use four turns to prevent one damage. So even if you have a few of those, um, but but this this is a good card. Uh, the art is dope, of course, um, but it is expensive for that. I'm sure you guys agree. Yeah. Definitely expensive. I could see it coming in handy against like an owl deck specifically, because so, like those creatures do so little damage. Sometimes even only just one damage mm-hmm. each. So like if like let's say three owls are each doing one damage each, this will prevent all of those one damages from each owl. I'm pretty sure. So whenever a creature does damage, so in certain cir- circumstances it could be handy. But again, like you said, very expensive. I don't find myself running this in decks. Oh, that's interesting. So you're saying that. Whenever a creature does damage to you, prevent one. So if you have like four creatures in play, I exactly. see. Yeah. Okay. Then maybe, yeah. maybe. All right. I just, it's still ex- when there's an onslaught, it's it's a little more practical. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's also important to remember to our listener, remind our listeners that these cards can all have interactions if you build decks that go against each other, right? So I will always encourage everyone always build dual decks. Uh, so you can include cards that normally will not be played competitively, but are just flavorful and cool to play. Because otherwise, yeah. if you just go to a tournament, sometimes people have a different definition of what it means to play for them. And for me, it's flavor and interaction, right? So yeah, that yeah, for sure. Keep keep it keep it fun. Let's keep it playful, guys. You yeah. know exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're all here playing a game. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. But all right, I think that leads to our next one, yep. which is Ilops Owl Emporium. Speaking Ooh, of me and my owl yeah, decks, this is the the our first location, actually. All right, so it's a unique location. Uh, when you play this card, discard any other location from play, yours or your opponent's. Um, but it reads, each owl has one more health. Whenever an owl does damage, it does one more damage. So like I was just alluding to, most of the owls uh, do very little damage and have very little health. So just to like boost it by one uh, for each is fantastic. So definitely if you are building an owl deck, you're going to run want to run four of these in hopes that you can get one in play. Yeah, uh, 100% on that. I have had uh, owl decks played against uh, me and just like my regular standard creature deck, and this definitely does the damage. I mean, because like Doug said, you have owls that just do one damage, but if you've got four owls in play and then each of them mm-hmm. now do two, it's like, that sucks. One damage sucks, like I always say, you know, but it's just like, so yeah, definitely want to have those for sure. 
all about stacking with the owls, and then you have something like swarm in play too. It it gets uh, yeah. That's when you just give your deck away and you just say, "Don't ever talk to me again." (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Friendship over. Friendship. So (laughs) yep. Um, the next one is my turn. Yeah, I always get confused. Uh, Yeah, it's flourish and bloods. That's how you say it. It's another location. Only cost three. Uh, transfiguration. And either player may use an action and discard two of their lessons from play to draw five cards. So, you know, very flavorful. You discard some books and you get some cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it. I personally do not use this card. I mean, two lessons from play is kind of a very steep price to pay. If it was one, maybe I would play this card. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, unless there's like a sort of discard and revival deck, which I don't think there is in Harry Potter, uh, to my knowledge, uh, I don't see the value in this card. Yeah. No, I don't. The only way I ran this card in a deck was for a very experimental deck built around the combo of Spiral Dive. And that's like where if it's a Quidditch card where you take the number of cards in your hand, you can discard as many as you want and do that much damage to your opponent. Yeah. And there's certain like interaction yeah, yeah. cards, I can see that. like yeah. yeah, Diagon Alley uh, is an adventure where like if you play Draco's trick to win the adventure you played, I think the adventure the reward of mm-hmm. Diagon Alley is draw as many cards yeah. as you want. Uh, then you also have a Flourish and Blots where you've been building up lessons the whole game. You discard two of them to draw five more. You just build up a massive hand and then play a Spiral Dive. It's basically a game ender. So that's honestly, <laughs> I don't ever play Flourish and Blots unless it was like with that in mind. And even that kind of gameplay is very risky. Yeah. <laughs> you need things that go your way or else it's mm. a waste of time. Definitely. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah that does. It is fun. That's really interesting. Yeah. So you're, so you're essentially just trying to like build your, build your hand so that you can just as big as it. possible. Yeah. But then it, the real risk you run there is, and I think it might've happened to me when I was trying it. My wife played something like charms exam or oblivion oh, and I was shit. just destroyed. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. So That's yeah, sad. Damn. That's something really to watch sad. out for. Yeah, 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 that is that that would suck. Yeah, in, <laughs> it, to, but in other games, this would be sort of like a game breaking card. I don't, I just don't think that Harry Potter got to the extent to make it a game breaking card, as far as I'm understanding. But this could be a really damaging card. Like that a makes five sense. draw is a lot. But you know, yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at right now. And now we're gonna get a good night's sleep. I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, we are. Goodnight Sleep is a spell. It's a healing spell, and it says choose one of your characters in play that has a once per turn ability you have uh, that you've already used, and you may use that ability. So uh, something like Madame Pomfrey, That's you know, exactly for example, <laughs> yeah, that like you know, you Madame Pomfrey allows you to take twelve cards from your discard pile, put them back into your deck. If you've used her already, then you can play Goodnight Spell to use her again. Um, now it's, it's a great card. Of course it costs 10. I've only been able to play it once. Um, I've had it in a couple of decks, but I just am not able to pull it or just the timing doesn't work out because something else comes up or, you know, there's, there's, there's a a bunch of different reasons, but either way, it's a really good card, of course. Um, so artwork wise, I got to mention, Harry looks a little more like Frankenstein than Harry Potter to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm with you on that. It's like, "Mm." a bit weird. (laughs) Yeah, it is. That was quite the sleep. (laughs) Yeah. It looks like he had like a rubber band, like lots of rubber bands around here. And his head just started to squeak. That's true. Yeah. A bit. Yep. 
But no, but, I agree. That one's yeah. just too expensive uh, to justify for me. But I love the ability it provides. Even yeah. with Dumbledore True. out, even if you had a if your main character would be Dumbledore, it still cost eight, and eight. then you would have to have the Madame Pomfrey, which is one of the few characters that's worth uh, having exactly. the ability to refresh. Maybe Grip Hope. It's another or one. Or even McGonagall good. too, if you have an opponent throwing adventures at you, uh, could yeah. be handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> that brings us to our next location, and this is actually one of my favorites of the set. Uh, Gringotts, uh, the bank we're all familiar with. Uh, it reads, each player gets one more action on each of his or her turns, including the turn you play this card. So that already gives you a little bit of advantage. As you play this, you get that additional action. Um Downside is your opponent gets an additional action, so uh, it gets spicy. Uh, you got to really determine whether or not this is going to benefit you or if it's going to benefit your opponent even more than you uh it's there's i've been in a couple situations where i'm like i want to play this but i'm also nervous that my opponent playing quidditch cards is going to really combo me and end the game before i can even do what i had in mind yeah that's that's the really like shit thing about locations that i think we should mention (laughs) is that it does assist both players because yeah, yeah. you are you are in a location together essentially. That's kind of like the 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 idea. So yeah. um, you know we're going to get to more locations where you'll be able to see where that might not be the best. But that's also something to keep in mind when you're playing against an opponent and what locations you want to play. Because some of them you might hold on to because you're like, well, they can probably utilize this more than me. And so just kind of keep that in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. And keep in mind that the the what Mona just said. Uh, this game was sadly before Wizards of the Coast actually got more R&D going so and other card games. So all card games evolved to not have this stu- stupid rule that you can only have one location in play. Mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering. Mm. Both people can have location, like whatever location is, because there's fields in Yu-Gi-Oh. There's uh, actual... Um, in Magic the Gathering, you have a, a specific type of card that you can also have. I forget the name right now. But the main thing is that it's a, it's an old mechanic. It really, it's not good. I would change that if I was the, per, like, someone rewriting the rules for, um, Harry Potter. But I don't know what you all think. But yeah. I kind of like that aspect of it that it, it's like Mona said, you're both in that location. So, like, for us to each play our own location might get a bit complicated because it's like, well, then where are we at in this world, like, uh, battling each other, essentially? But, uh, I, I, like the strategic aspect of it, of making you really question, can I play this location and it's going to benefit me and them? Or is it just going to benefit me because uh, this one only uh, applies to creature cards and I know they're not running any creatures in their deck or something. So it it just adds an element of uh, strategy. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm with you on that because it's the same sort of token as like your starting character can never be discarded because it's you, right? Yeah. So like it's that same sort of like idea that like, uh, if my starting character is McGonagall, it's McGonagall fighting against Draco or something like that, you know what I mean? Or dueling against it, you know? So, like, to have that kind of uh, universe, like, you know, so you're sort of, like, surrounded in uh, is what I do enjoy about about the locations. But maybe what, what could have what could have happened was some of the abilities that the locations allow you to do could then be, like, items or something so that, you know, you could you could each play your own. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of like finicky and difficult, but I, I do like the fact that you're in a location together, um, yeah. which, which makes it more strategic and you have to think harder. Like, do I want to go there with you 
because it might benefit you if you if we go to the same store if you will and you need to buy what I need to buy is that something that I want to do with this deck you know so you really kind of have to dive into it if you want to you know see it like that but but it it does kind of bring the world uh, alive I think and what makes it even uh, an even playing field is that your opponent, if they have a location, they could just replace yours right away. So it's mm-hmm. like, actually, we're going to this store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like metaphor. So it's like very much you have control to replace the location, and that could really screw them over and benefit you, uh, all things considered. So we just what you don't want in a game, like in, yeah. <laughs> from from all from all standpoints, that's bad. That's bad mechanic, mm-hmm. you know, because okay. it's like like you you're like giving less security of plays. To cards that might be beneficial to have more secure of more security, and also even in terms of flavor, you're a fucking wizard. Like you can move <laughs> around. It makes no sense. I'm sorry. Like I understand the, the being one location. Maybe if you were like a gangster or something, but you're not <laughs> a gangster. You're a wizard. You're moving around, and yeah, I don't know. I I think it's it will be interesting to see um, a format that the locations don't get discarded and see if that enables some new mm. decks because as you say it's the same thing you have a small carpool let's start with that but then like if you have the location you don't have to worry about your opponent discarding the location with the location of their own i think it would enable some interesting strategies which is what all the other games have done mm-hmm. right? so to yeah. enable okay. that yeah yeah that, and that's and that's a yeah and that's a good point i mean because i i only play the harry potter tcg so i only know about that um, yeah, so so it's so that is a good point. You know, I have no idea how that would work, but yeah. no, I'm, I always appreciate Emilio's input sure. on that kind of stuff. Um, but then yeah. we go to Gringotts. Yes. Uh, now we go. We're, st- we're still in in the bank. You know, in this <laughs> location, and now we have the Gringotts Vault Key. One of you know my favorite cards from this set. Uh, it's a six charms, and it it's, it's a spell, of course, because. Keys are spells, they're not items, you know, as most things are in this game. And then you search your deck for any card and put it into your hand. It is. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's amazing. Tutors like this, no drawback other than you get your card, it goes to your hand. It's a little costly, but with future cards like Albus Dumbledore, it just costs four, which is amazing to get the game piece that you need. Um, and yeah, tutors are just amazing. It's like what makes decks consistent. In most games, um, and normally they have drawbacks. Here, I think it's just the casting cost is the little drawback because it's a little high. So yeah, but really cool. Yeah. And the the key really lo- does look magical. Yes. Um, yeah. So I give that them credit art. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely captivating. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I totally dig the art, and and I actually use Gringotts Volt Key uh, a lot in in my decks. I I do like it. Um, it's helped me. It's definitely saved me a couple times. Uh, so I. I'm I'm all I'm all for it. Same here. No, I run a lot of those as well, and I like the ability to even get a healing card. Like we've said in the past, like yep. there's so many times where you get healing cards discarded, you never get them back. If you could get a Gringotts Volt Key and just go get it, it's nice to just do that. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, there is like a meme amongst uh, me and my wife when we play this because one day she had such a bad hand she played a Gringotts Volt Key to get just a lesson because she needed a lesson that badly and she she always like jokes like what's the worst card uh, you could imagine playing a Gr- Gringotts Volt Key to go get and I was saying to her I think uh, eat slugs. it would be eat slugs yes exactly from the revival because there's well, why would you get that to then damage yourself anyway we can move yeah. on yeah definitely and and the last thing would be like, you know, in most games, tutors are limited to one because they're really powerful, right? In terms of consistency. Yes. So in 
uh, and when they're not, they're very specific. So if there was like a card that really uh, benefits from you having a big graveyard, uh, if you don't want to necessarily discard yourself in other games, people would search the same tutor. Like in Yu-Gi-Oh, there's a card, oh, wow. a card called like Table of Contents, Toon Table of Contents, and you search for Toon Table of Contents to search for mm. another Toon Table to search for another Toon Table to search them for a Toon card. So it's just fetches Toon cards, which is a subtype. But in Harry Potter, you have other things because the only way to lose is to be decked out, right? right? So it's a right. different interaction. Oh, there, wow. Right? Interesting. Yeah. And now we have the little McDonald's goblin here. Yeah. Which is also still a very hateful still card. Still in Gringotts. Yeah. Still in Gringotts, yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, yes, I I totally love Griphook. Uh, Griphook is a character. He's a goblin. And uh, his ability is, once per game, you may make your opponent discard his or her hand. Then your opponent draws as many cards as he or she discards in this way. Um, this is, this is like a really good card. I, I use it often. Um, I've actually, so like one of the, again, like the combos that I've kind of like used and I'm sure other people have, but is to use grip hook, uh, on your opponent. Let's say that they've got like, you know, 10 cards in their hand or something. They discard it, yeah. draw their 10. Um, and then on their next turn, I would use obliviate. Um, you know, so like just to discard it again. And so it's like, uh, you know, it's like, it's a pain in the ass, of course, but just, just the, just the, uh, uh, having that ability to get your opponent to, I mean, cause sometimes like you have like, obviously that's like 20 cards in this, in this example and that there's a lot of good cards in there, you know, so just to kind of set them back a little bit, uh, out of desperation or savageness, either one, um, uh, mm-hmm. it's good. I like it. Nice. Yeah, I gotta experiment more with this card. It, uh, yeah. I never really have played it, but it's really cool. cool. It's a great card. Uh, it looks like a Starburst in McDonald's, and <laughs> I don't does. understand. I don't imagine Harry Potter movie if they had dressed out the goblins in this outfit. I think uh, it would have been a different story for me in just yeah. a world building. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> totally, enough. what Look he at looks that. like. Oh my wow, god, that is awesome! Uh, for any of our audio listeners, you're gonna have to check out the YouTube yes, video of our podcast. Do. But Mona is showing us Grip Hook in his cart as like the vinyl figurine with the whole cast of yep, characters chillin'. going on that Gringotts cart <laughs> ride. Awesome, iconic, nice. yes. <laughs> Um, and that's one thing we can also say about Grip Hook. He's he's not a witch or wizard, so you can't have him as exactly. a starter. Exactly. Oh, right. Really I forgot about that, yeah. Well, and that brings us to our next card, which is our first Quidditch match of this set. Uh, Gryffindor match. Uh, cost one Quidditch lesson power, as all matches do. And it reads, to win, do 12 damage to your opponent while this card is in play. That damage doesn't have to all be done at once. And the prize is the winner gets two more actions during his or her next turn. So... Good way to start stacking some actions if you uh, can put that to your uh, advantage. I don't know. I don't really play this match too often, but again, I can see it being advantageous. Actions are so priceless in this game. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Actions are gold. Like, is if you can if you can stack actions, then um, I had somebody tell me once that they were almost certain that like if you had more actions and like you were like guaranteed. Uh, like every single time they had more actions, they just won the game. You know, I mean, I could, it, it's like no matter what, you only get two actions a turn. So stacking up actions, however you do it, is definitely the way to go. I personally haven't used Gryffindor match myself. Uh, often I have used it once or twice, but this isn't the match that I personally go for. I don't know why. It's just not, but uh, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Same. 
Yeah, I I know what you're getting at, though. Like, statistically speaking, I think, yeah, the person that has more actions most likely will mm-hmm. win the game unless they're just playing lessons and doing things that are, like, avoiding damage right. and stuff. But uh, I feel like there was even a debate in the Revival group not that long ago of people getting upset over who goes first in the game. Uh, it's just, like, a huge advantage. And I'm like, to me, I never really looked at it that way. I just thought uh, you do a dice roll and whoever goes first, it's not like that person's always going to win. But, yeah, if you're stacking actions, you could definitely put yourself in a better yeah position. you know in that same conversation that i had this was uh someone i was playing with an opponent he said that he actually thought that if you started the game you were almost guaranteed to win which which i have which i is not is not true it's not true um right. but but i think that's been like his experience and i think that might have been a few other people's experience who maybe have played a handful of times or a couple handfuls of times and so that's where some of these debates come from and these arguments but it's really just not it's just not true you know i because after yeah. after you go like let's say that you go first and i go we pretty much are yeah. like you know we kind of oftentimes have the same equal playing field you know so it's really it just depends on your hand is really what i i think it depends on yeah i agree with that as well i I think i saw a couple people in the uh discussion say like well if we ever play i'll let you go first and i'll still be (laughs) i'm like i know i think it's yeah yeah it really depends on on your decks as well um i think it mostly comes (laughs) it mostly comes from other from other game and games because all games have a drawback uh if you start you start first mm. like in in Magic the gathering you don't draw a card if it's one v one um for example and Yu-Gi-Oh i think it's the same thing you don't draw a card if you go first because it is mm. sort of advantageous because your first actual turn you'll have more resources than your opponent if you don't mm-hmm. do that um it's not but it doesn't mean that you're gonna exactly win, right? right but right. it does normally mean that in mirror matches i mean decks that are uh fairly similar if you start, and of course you have the luck uh, of, of getting the cards you need, you have a really big mm-hmm. advantage. But it really depends. Uh, it, it's not like a, you, you, I can't say that you will always win. Uh, the same is, is going for Metasu, actually. In Metasu, you, the person that starts first also draws a card. And it's just savage. Uh, it's, <laughs> it is a really big advantage. But, you know, uh, it's also 50-50 chance of getting to go first. So it's like... Exactly. Is that our best three uh, out of three? I don't know. Yeah, it right. depends. Some people yeah. are really competitive, though, in Harry Potter. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm seeing that a lot in this tournament. There's some really good players. Um, but all right, that takes us to our next uh card. I believe that's yeah. Emilio. Yeah, and that's Hagrid, Keeper of Keys, who's not a wizard because we don't know why. Um, <laughs> he can do magic, but he's not a wizard, and basically. It says that you may use an action to search your deck and you may take a location card from the deck, show it to your opponent and put it into your hand and then shuffle your hand, uh, your deck. <laughs> shuffle your hand after you take the location, <laughs> shuffle it back. No, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's a location fetcher. If you're into locations, that's great. You can't start with it, which kind of sucks because, uh, they removed this magic for this card. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if I, I have never used this card. I don't use locations that often. Um, so I don't know if you have experience using this card at all. I don't, but now that I'm rereading it, it makes me want to throw him in my owl deck so I could mm. get that Ilops Owl Emporium because there's plenty of times where I've played an owl deck and never get that location mm. in play. And it's like, damn, that would really help. 
Um, but I, I just love the flavor of this card. Keeper of yeah. Keys, and he's getting a location. Like, that's just Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I think that if I were to ever create, like, a fan card myself, uh, I would, I would mm-hmm. do a Hagrid as a wizard. Um, because, yeah. you know, for me personally, um, I just don't... I feel like he should be. I get that he was expelled, and it's like now, like, that's like... Now we're victims to that, <laughs> you know. It's like, but uh, but yeah. I mean, Hagrid, all all the Hagrids do something great, and this this is a good one. That's a really good idea, um, Doug. I might I might do that myself and steal your idea for sure. It's something to experiment with, and I, luckily, if people recall from our past interview with Sammy DeSalvo, he said that we might be having a starter Hagrid coming soon. Uh, we got to keep our eyes and ears open for that. That'll be really cool. Yeah, let's for sure. Cool. Um, all right. Okay. That takes us to our next card. Yeah. So this is going to be an item, and it is Hagrid's umbrella. Uh, it's a wand because he's a wizard. Um, <laughs> so it says you may use an action and discard this card from play to search your deck. You may take a location card from your deck, show it to your opponent, and put it into your hand. Then shuffle. If you play this card and you already have a wand in play, discard the old one. So. Um, you know, obviously this, because Diagon Alley introduces locations, a lot of their cards are location heavy as far as like their abilities and what they can do. Um, this is, this is a good one if you have like a heavy location and charms deck because this is a charms card and it does provide one, which is probably what most people would, would use it for, you know, or maybe have a wand out, um, you know, just, just in case, but I, I, I do like it. And of course I love the art, so. Definitely. Very handy card. Yeah, and also, like, it's uh, the flavor there would be the, I think, when he taps the bricks mm-hmm. with the umbrella, which I don't know if he does in the books, but he does in the movies, right? Definitely. Yes. I think yep. that's the, the flavor, which is pretty cool. I do like that, too. Agreed. And Hagrid loves animals and beasts, and now we're going to go to a, a dragon. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this, I, okay, so that's one thing I forgot to mention at the top of the episode. I do have some uh, unopened Diagon Alley booster boxes, and uh, we're going to talk about that towards the end of the podcast here, but I dived into one of them, and I was able to pull a holographic version of this dragon, and it made my day. But we're talking about the Herbridean Black Dragon. I think that's how you pronounce that. Uh, but it's a creature dragon, and it reads, To play this card, discard one of your Care of Magical Creature lessons from play. Uh, it costs 8 uh, power, and uh, the damage done each turn is 7, and its health is 5. So dragons can't go wrong with a dragon in a creature deck, if, in my opinion. A bit high cost, and yeah, discarding lessons is never fun, but uh, that damage, 7 damage each turn is pretty attractive. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you on that. Um, I definitely, I love the, the dragons for sure. But I, as I've mentioned before, I'm not the biggest fan of discarding lessons just because you have so many people out there that use spells like lost notes, uh, to, to discard lessons. So if I discard a lesson to play this and then someone else discards this, then maybe I don't have enough lessons to play it again or something like that. It's really sort of like what goes to my mind. Uh, but either way, definitely. it's definitely pretty to look at. So you guys, you know, yes, that's good. <laughs> Especially the holographic. Yeah, one. yes, yeah. and 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 definitely that's something also that we see the early Wizards of the Coast mindset because things that discard lessons and our games in Pokemon Energies in, in Magic: The Gathering Lands are cards that are a big no-no in terms of designer because it just makes the game really. St- Silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most people, even to this day, they do not use land destruction magic, which is 
Lancer, the lessons mm-hmm. of magic. And in Pokemon, there's stuff that discards energies, but it's like circum it's like more chance oriented. And it's still like people don't like them right. in general, right? Because just sending you back, it's like, okay, well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. And talking about lost things that are annoying and that died. Uh we're gonna <laughs> have God. Hedwig a card. And Hedwig is six. <laughs> it, it's six. Uh it's staring at you as if it's disappointed at your recent choices. Yeah. A very, very weird look there, very human look of disappointment. It's unique, which you have to consider, right? Because that means you can only have one out, sadly. Uh, but when you play, you can have a non-healing card from your discard pile into your hand. I really like Hedwig. It costs, it's six, but it fe- it's a tutor as well, but it searches from your discard pile instead of your deck. So I like this in Green Guts Vault Cave. You have a serious combo in mind. And then it has, it damages one per turn and has a health of two. So it's just like a little annoying. Maybe an owl deck is better, of course. Uh, in general, uh, as someone that would not run an owl deck, I would love this card to have a health of one. So it could be get rid very easily and I can play another one to keep recurring things. Uh, I don't know what happens when you play if I play another Hedwig, do I just can I just discard one of them, or I just can't play another Hedwig? I just you can't because it's unique. That it's the same with like characters and stuff. And that was like one thing I ran into when I was in my tournament. I was running my Quidditch deck versus another Quidditch deck. I have Oliver Wood as a ally, like helping character in yeah. my deck, and they were running him as their starter. Mm. And I'm like, now that's a dead weight card. So uh, in that situation, if you already had Hedwig out, you I don't think you could play it to replace it. Yeah. yeah, which is also different from other games. In in other games, you can do that, and then you can you choose like in Magic, you would choose which one to keep because there's a legend rule, which is the same thing as unique, but then you can play it and then destroy the the less recent one and take uh, advantage of the effect if there's an effect to be taken advantage of. Yeah, yeah that that's sense. there's just one thing uh, I wanted to know about the owls. Uh, like if you are going to build an owl deck because of the um, Ilops Emporium and kind of like getting into owls now, each owl has a different ability and each one has an ability. So unlike unlike some other yeah. creatures that don't, you know, like each each one does, which is another reason why maybe the damage is kind of low or the health even is kind of low is because it also does something else. Uh, and I think that's one yeah, that's one of the things Wizards of the Coast did was they were like, well, if it does this and we're going to make sure that it doesn't do that, you know, kind of a, a situation. So oh, yeah, balance. that's yeah. a normal balance. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So. Totally. Okay, cool. So we are on Hermione, top student. Uh, she is a witch, of course, and her ability is once per game, you may search your deck. You may take up to two lesson cards from your deck, show them to your opponent, and put them into your hand, and then shuffle. Um, I like Hermione. I, I do. I like... Uh, I've, I've used her as a starting character once or twice. It, you know, definitely comes in handy, but it's, you know, also just, you know, it kind of helps you for a certain period of time, and then it doesn't. But at the end of the day... More lessons are good, right? So, definitely. I just pulled my very first copy of this card, so I'm excited to mess around with it. Uh, I know we've talked about, yeah, the previous iteration of Hermione. This is just like a, a upgraded version. She's uh, able to go get those lessons cards for yep. you. It's pretty nice. Exactly. Yeah, I would say it's an interesting card if you, for whatever reason, make a very specific deck that, let's say, only runs really like. You only need like two lessons for whatever reason. It'll be funny because you could really use Hermione <laughs> to get the only two lessons that you need and then keep playing. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a deck with the little card pool that exists in, in Harry Potter. 
but if the game go on went on, it'll be a really interesting thing to mm-hmm. witness, I think. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Alright, well that takes us to our next card, which is Lee Jordan, another character, Gryffindor Unique. Uh it reads, You may use an action to reveal the top three cards of your deck. Put all of those cards that need Quidditch power into your hand and put the rest on the bottom of your deck in any order. So yeah, great way to just build up your Quidditch resources. So if you're doing a Quidditch deck, uh would make sense to run him. I never really have I I don't know why actually in all reality I probably would uh like that same. ability. Same. 100% same. Just I the idea know. of uh costing two actions to get him in play I guess is the least attractive thing about You don't that. think you'd have him as a starting character? Nah, uh, I could. Uh, that honestly I, I'm just so used to using Hooch. I need that ability to get that broom, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that. You know, I don't use brooms often uh in my Quidditch deck, so house I would uh, Yeah, in my or in my house. <laughs> <laughs> uh i think i would uh, i think i'd use lee jordan maybe i'll, I'll try him out yeah, yeah very cool looks like a good card mm-hmm. um we'll see yeah maybe people have to remember to use his just ability more mm-hmm. often sometimes people forget, forget. yeah <laughs> that's me i know he's calling me out <laughs> okay let's Shit. go for letters from no one an adventure and you have uh, harry trying to grab a card a very specific card because you know there's thousands of cards and invites flying around <laughs> yeah. him but he cannot go to the floor again it has to be one that's floating yeah. uh, anyway yeah. so it's it's there and then the effect is that your opponent may use actions only to draw cards which is you know not great because Horrible. they're damaging themselves yeah. and your opponent if your opponent discards five cards of their hand then they solve the adventure and they get to draw two more cards so really interesting card Right, you're getting letters, you can only draw cards, and you're sort of overwhelmed with information. So I like yep. the flavor of that. Um, I've never played this card. I don't think I would play it, um, to be honest. I think that it gives your opponent the chance, basically, to... I mean, I don't know. I actually don't know. Like, I, I, I've never thought of playing this card. And now that I read it, it's like, it's very confusing to me. What, what do you all think? I think I've had it played against me once before, and it's just an annoying card to deal with. Uh, it's meant to just make you discard, because uh, you're not going to want to put up with that effect of just having to draw every time, unless your hand sucks, But and I guess you're just going to have to maybe go with that a few for a turn or two. But in all reality, you're probably just going to discard those five right away and just be like, no thanks. Yeah. Um, and then draw the two to make up for the five you just lost. Uh, yeah. I've, and this is like you were saying with uh, drawing multiple copies of Bulge. I've pulled more of these than I want to admit. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not even that big a fan of the card. Yeah. I, the only time that I can think of using letters from no one would be if it were in a creature deck and my, and my deck was uh, like gnome heavy, garden gnome, no. uh, which, uh, which has your opponent discard card a card each turn at the end of their turn and so if your whole point is to have your opponent be left with nothing to do and then you're sort of taking over then this might be good because even like through the no no, that's not through i think it is no it's um there's an adventure that's a gnome adventure. Uh, I forgot the whole yeah, name of it. The gnome in the yeah, garden. there you go. Yeah, so that does the yeah. same thing. So if you did something like that, and then you had your gnome, and then letters from no one, it's just essentially saying, like, you're not going to have any cards in your hand, or very little, and then I'm doing damage to you all the while. So something like that is probably the only thing that I can think of to for me personally. I mean- I guess that what I meant with it is just that it is a brutal card. Yeah. I don't Like, if you build a deck with this and Draco from the base set, 
I think I would not play with you. You know, it's just it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like way too much. <laughs> just like in but, the middle yeah. of the game, he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take your cards. Yeah. This is a payment for this horrible moment. That's hilarious. There you go. So you can't do this to anybody else. Yeah. Talking um, about horrible <laughs> moments, now we go to the horrible art of Madame Irma Pierce. Oh gosh, yes, that is bad. Okay, so um, Madame Irma Pence, you may use an action to put a book card from your discard pile into your hand. Lessons, <laughs> lesson cards aren't books, which is. Uh, really good that they said that because some people would be like, "Oh, that's easy." Um, <laughs> yeah, I've I've never used her, and she I don't use I've never used books either. So, right, no, I've not used her either. I did pull my first hollow version of her, the mirror hollow, and it's uh it it's prettier to look at than the regular version. Yeah, she's a mess, <laughs> but no, she. <laughs> She's a uh, pretty gnarly. Yeah. Uh, and what I don't even recall which is she just the librarian? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. Yeah, nope. I have zero experience with this yeah. card. The hollow yeah, is I think scary. She scares me away. The hollow is scarier because it looks like the nose is gonna poke your eye out or something. It's like <laughs> yeah, really, it's very really three dimensional. Yes. But now we go to the bathrobe guy. Yeah. Yes. Professor Queerness Quirrell, uh, what a name, uh, wizard, unique, uh, it reads, once per game, you may return all creatures and items to their owner's hands. So yeah, nice way to cl- clean the board uh, and bounce card. all yeah. items and creatures. Yeah, again, I, I don't really play too many item decks. I do do a lot of creature decks, but I don't really run this character index, and I haven't really encountered it, but do either of you have uh, experience with it? Yeah. I like I love this card. I think this is a great board wipe. And board wipes are your friend in most games, so Yeah. You can either be board wiping to then obliviate them or something like that. Uh I like oh, the yeah. flavor because I just imagine that the professor just takes off his turban and shows the hog ugly hawk push Voldemort back there and everyone just runs away. Runs away. Yeah. Even <laughs> items is just don't wanna see that, you know. So that's my or just he just derobes because he's in the sun, he just <laughs> has like a robe. It just like flashes everyone, everything runs away. I don't yes. know. But why Mona, do you use this? Because I I, I bet you you have to I use do, this I do use yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah. Um I, I use Quirrell in my character deck. Uh my cre my yeah, my character deck my creature deck. I have them in, in a few. I do um I do like Coral, especially when you have somebody who's playing this this combination that we've been kind of referring to with the bulge eye, yeah. eel eye, and beetle eye. Uh just them yeah. sort of building up to that and then having Coral wipe it clean. Um and then like you said, I mean having that combination with Obliviate or something would even be better. Uh but yeah, I mean it's 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 a good card. I do like it. Yeah, it's a card that you also. I would also use the good life, good night sleep. Yeah, because for the sure. effect is brutal yeah. enough to to warrant that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, so now we're gonna move to the self steering cauldron, which is yes. mine. I think. Yep. One of my favorite items. It looks like a commercial from the fifties <laughs> of like how to be a better housewife. True. And you know, it has a four cost. Uh, potion class it provides four potion lessons uh power not lessons for uh potion power it's an item it's cauldron and basically you have to discard two of your potion lessons to play this but then you get a one more action as we've been talking about that one more action can be really important if you're playing draco malfoy slithering then you get two actions that turn basically play for free and you have a four uh, power lesson advantage and the art from the 50s housewife reading a book there so 
Really cool art. I love the item, and I always liked it since the first day that I pulled this card. Yeah. I just pulled one last night, and it was holographic. It was so exciting. But the the losing uh, two potion lessons is a little bit easier to swallow because you're going to net two anyway because you're provided four. So, yeah, this, car- this card's really awesome, actually. I-, I need to run more of them. Now that I got another one, I will be putting that in a deck as soon as I can. Yeah, agreed. You know, I, I do like the fact that um, it gives it provides four uh, power. You know, I, like I always say, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of getting rid of of lessons, lessons yeah, yeah just just to be able to play it only because of myself because i know that when someone gets rid of lessons to play items like this i end up going and, and discarding it you know uh, and then they can't play it again and so i'm like well yeah. so but anyway it is it is a really good card totally dig that so definitely Ooh. okay and that takes us to our next yes. item the horny card that's it <laughs> silver unicorn horn it is an item and it's healing when you play this card, put up to two non-healing cards from your discard pile on the bottom of your deck in any order. You may use an action and discard this card from play to shuffle up to six non-healing cards from your discard pile into your deck. Uh, yeah, I mean, really good card. I, I, I do like it. I don't use it as often as I think I should, but I like it. Yeah, it looks like a dangerous sex toy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does look like a sex toy. Yes, perhaps <laughs> it is. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Maybe that's what Snape and Dumbledore are using up there in those, those dark nights. But um, yeah, really cool art. I love this card since I first saw it. Maybe because I'm a gay man. But other than that, I do love the art, and I love that it has the, the price of twenty one galleons in the back. I remember putting prices on my stuff because I had a whole Harry Potter thing scene going on. I would put the prices on galleons, not or whatever the other coin is. So yeah, I love this card. Really also sort of nostalgic for me. One of the ones that I associate with the set the most. Nice. Super yeah. cool. All right, well, that takes us to our next spell. It's a transfiguration spell. Hater, it costs hater, five. Hater uh, <laughs> table trouble. Yeah. Uh, discard all items from play, yours and oh. your opponent's. So I, you, I can only imagine you're going to want to play this if you don't have items in play. But if you do, uh, hopefully they're not too good and your opponent's items are aiding them even more than you. I don't play this card, but I can see why someone would want to. It's like you said, a table wiper, but only for items. But also, it'll backfire on yourself if you have any items yourself in play. Yeah, don't play this card. Don't use this. No, like, this card (laughs) is horrible. Please, never. All our listeners, never use this card. Of course, (laughs) as a Draco Malfoy player, I hate this card with all my life. And (laughs) uh, it's also a good card, even if you're running just books, right? Because... Uh, books you can discard and draw, and then you can wipe your opponent's items. So it just depends on what kind of matchup you are, but definitely a side deck card in the least. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, agreed. I I don't I don't use it often. I don't. Uh, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. I guess it's one of those cards that, like like Doug said, I mean, I can see why people would want to use it. Yeah, definitely. Scary, scary art too. As someone that hoards things, this is <laughs> like a nightmare for me. I think start to disappear. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yes. So now we can move on to the famous Harry Potter. Cool. Yes. So our next card is the famous Harry Potter, as I just said. And it's a unique character, Wizard. You might know him. He's in the books. <laughs> and basically the effect is that before each one of your turns, uh, if you have four or fewer cards in your hand, you can draw until you have four cards in your hand. As always, Harry Potter is getting resources. Pretty cool effect. If you have some sort of really fast-paced deck... Uh, I've never built a deck with them. I would love to maybe figure something out. 
because if you play your cards right, if you have like extra actions per turn and stuff like that, uh, you can really take advantage of having your hand refilled. Uh, in other games, this would be a card that would be immediately banned. Like it's it's too much draw, draw power. Um, Interesting, but, but not in in Harry Potter as we've talked about. Uh, since if you run out of cards, you lose. It's a different situation. Mm-hmm. But this that card would sense. never exist in other games. It's it's way too much. Yeah. Art wise, I love that the lightning bolt scar on his head is the horizontal one, kind of like on the back of every Harry Potter trading card. That's like just a little bit of weird trivia. Is that's what it was meant mm-hmm. to be? But in the movies, they went right, vertical. Exactly. So yeah, I, I do like this version, this art yeah. rendition of Harry Potter. He looks very innocent. Too. Have you seen the yeah. whole image of like what? No. Yeah, um, no. yeah. I'll I'll send it to you guys, and maybe we can even post it or something. The yeah. whole image is actually really cool because sometimes. You know, I like just just to be able to see what the whole image is supposed to be because they only take like a small snippet to yeah. put. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's actually really cool. He's like standing like I guess what, what would be like an in Diagon Alley, and uh, yeah. you know behind a store or something. But it, it's really neat, and I, I, I like that in this card. It says you may draw a card yeah. because it, you know it kind of gives you the option to or or to not because if you're running low or something, you have the ability to not do it. So, mm-hmm. totally. And that takes us to our next location. Yes, next. Yes, next location is going to be the Leaky Cauldron, uh, and one of like my favorite arts uh, in this set for sure. It costs two, and it is a potions uh, lesson. So it says, whenever either player plays a character card, he or she uses up one action to play it instead of two. So pretty cut and dry. Um, you know, really, really nice, uh, nice hard to use yeah Yeah. and it's funny like you were saying that it benefits both players Mm -hmm. uh it's like the ron weasley ability if Mm -hmm. i recall yeah Um, and i think he's a banned card so it's kind of funny that leaky cauldron you could probably get away with it as the location yeah he's yeah he's yeah he's banned in revival but you can you know yeah but obviously you know you guys whoever's playing out there use them yeah Play whatever decks you like. Right, for sure. Yeah, it, it, it is a location, so both of you get the benefit. I think Ronald is only for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah, so that's yeah, a, it's a little bit more balanced. And the flavor, right? Like, that's where you meet people at the Leaky Cauldron. Uh, so really nice uh, flavor there as well. I love that. Yep. Yeah. And now we go Great to card. Doug's favorite card, actually. Doug's oh, favorite. Yeah, I, mis- I misspoke on it earlier. I was saying three. The three-year-long uh, match. Or, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Three-month-long match. It's a Quidditch match. And to win, you do 30 damage to your opponent while this card is in play. It doesn't have to all be at once. Prize is the winner does 15 damage to his or her opponent. So I think this came up with uh, on the previous uh, yeah. episode when we were talking about Quidditch Cup. Uh, the combo of three-month-long match followed by a Catch the Snitch. Brutal. Very brutal. Brutal, so, yeah. 100%. Uh, awesome match. I only have a couple copies of it myself. But again, I, I don't play it because unless... I am going to be that brutal and do the follow up with the catch snitch. But the idea of going back and forth over like the whole game doing a little bits of damage here and there uh, seems a bit tedious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, any, anytime I've ever played a, uh, against somebody who has a Quidditch deck, they usually stack up with this and catch the snitch. It's almost, it's, it's very seldom that I've ever actually played a match all the way through. Um, you know, right. unless, unless it's like a Quidditch and creature combination where you're easily stacking up that damage. Um, but yeah, I totally dig this with catch the snitch. It's a really good way to just, to just do the damage to your opponent and get the match done and over with. 
Yeah. This match particularly makes me think why we have uh, Beater catches the snitch as the first card in exactly. this because you want to bounce this one immediately. Because uh, let's say they're very heavy on items like the Bludger and all that that are contingent on matches being in play. Uh, they're just going to continue to do that much more damage to you. So yeah, just yeah. get this one yep, out of here. <laughs> for sure. Definitely. And now we can go through the arc, uh, yes. which is the, the adventure that has the most terrifying arc, you know, the Harry Potter TCG. Oh my God, it does. It yeah. has like Hagrid, like it looks like a sex offender, to be really honest. <laughs> and he is like smiling there creepily, touching Harry with a hand that is a, as the big as Harry's Harry. back. It's... <laughs> It's just Ugh. disgusting. He's Harry's in the crotch level. It's just everything's wrong with it. <laughs> but regardless, it's an equally disgusting card to play. So this adventure, oh. um, your opponent can can cast spells. So very, it's the same effect as uh, for private drive. But in, the thing that they have to do to solve it is that they have to just skip four actions. You know, it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be in a row. So that's very very reasonable of them to put that there. So you Ugh. skip four actions and then. You know, you resolve this, and then you may take an item from um, your discard pile, right? Uh, yeah, discard pile into your hand. Mm-hmm. This was played against me in the first round of the tournament, and I like as a Quidditch, like heavy. It was only Quidditch in that deck. All I, all my damage are spells, and it was just right. like, oh my god! I ended up, I ended up skipping the four actions, and I knew it was like a death sentence. Yeah. So, uh, through the arch is brutal. I hate it. Yeah, it's it. That's that's exactly right. It's it's brutal. The majority of the cards that do damage are spells anyway. You know, um. So unless it's unless you're playing against somebody who has a creature deck, and then or this, item. yes, exactly, yeah. So it's like, mm, um. But you you want to get rid of it anyway because most likely you're going to use spells. So yeah, definitely. An artist subjective, but George Dons, who's the artist. I, I hope you're not listening to this, but if you did, it's this nightmare feel, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing right now with your life, but you should do creepy illustrations. Very creepy. Yeah. We should move on to the next one. This is actually the last rare of Diagon Alley, and it's Yes, it is. It is Vanishing Referee. Choose a non-healing character in play, of course, other than your starting character, and shuffle it into its owner's deck. Um, so... Yeah, you're just basically taking a non-healing character and shuffling into your deck. Now, it does say uh, choose a non-healing character in play, uh, so that could yeah. be yours. Yeah, yes. and then shuffling it uh, into your deck. And so if you want to use its ability again or something like that, uh, then then that that's definitely very helpful. Definitely. You know? yeah, this is a powerful bouncing card. bouncing opponents, you know? yeah. Powerful card. You're you're not returning it to, this, to their hand. It's not being discarded. You're sort of healing your opponent in a way, right? Because you're giving them one more card in the deck. Mm -hmm. So that's where the Harry Potter TCG mechanics, you really have to think about it, about it through, right? Because this card in other games, uh, Naruto TCG or or even Magic Gathering or even Yu-Gi-Oh! Like things that send cards back to the deck are devastating because you're like depleting your opponent's resources. If it's something that they have to activate, right, or, or a passive effect that's con- continually activated, and yeah, it's just it's just very devastating. But in this case, it also heals you. So really interesting uh, how it turns out here in Harry Potter. Yep, yeah. definitely. And that takes us to our next spell card. It is Alahatsi Draught. I always struggled with that pronunciation, but uh, <laughs> it's seven 
potion power cost, and it reads, do six damage to your opponent or choose one of his or her items in play and discard it. So, nice little bit of an option there. A bit expensive, but uh, it's a pretty straightforward card. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, not much to say about it, really. Yeah. Uh, other than Harry, is, I, I'll have what he's having. He looks yeah, like he he's looks pretty really high. Yeah, he's definitely, yeah, there. definitely pretty high in there. <laughs> he's uh, smelling those fumes yeah. a little and having too much fun. <laughs> and uh, so, pretty simple card. And now we're going to move on. And we move to the barn owl who lo- that looks like that alien looking owl that we all love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love barn owls. They're really creepy. And it costs three. When you play it, you have to discard a lesson. So we know that Mona doesn't want this near her. <laughs> And uh, basically, you can put a creature card from your discard pile into your hand. So the creepy owl searches for a dead body and puts it into your <laughs> hand as a prize. Really interesting. One, one for three. You get a card back, but you have to trade your lesson for it. Interesting. Um, art is creepy. Barn owls are creepy, both cute. And that's all I can say about this. Yeah. I love the ability of this owl because let's say you've already been playing owls and one or two yeah. has already got discarded. You just get another one back. Uh, very handy. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I, as far as the art, I absolutely think that it's it's great. It is creepy, but I like the fact that it's creepy. Yeah. Um, and then, it, you know, of course, this is one of the owls that you're going to want to add if you're going to do an owl deck. Um, you know, so yes. so just, just, just a good card. Yeah, definitely, definitely. A, card, a card that you, um, as I said... It's hard to make barn owls not creepy. Mm. It's just a very <laughs> weird animal. I love them, but they're yeah. creepy. And now, Mona, you get to talk about your yes, combo. Yes, perfect. So ah, we've yes. got Beetle Eyes as the next one. It costs five potion lessons. It's an item. And it says, when you play this card, do four damage to your opponent. You may use an action to discard this card and Eel Eyes from play to search your deck. You may take a Bulge Eye potion card from your deck, put it into play, and then shuffle. So... Uh, you know, we haven't gotten to eel eyes yet, but essentially once you have beetle eyes and eel eyes in play together, you can discard those to put bulgeye into play, which is great because we talked about how expensive bulgeye potion is. And, um, you know, Absolutely. so it just really does you a favor. And I think that's, that's sort of like, you know, the whole point is that you use both of those and you put them into play fairly quickly. This one costs five. Yes. Eel eyes cost one. And um, you know, and then you can you can essentially just have five lessons in play to put Bulgey. So it's it's a really it's a really good um, combination there. I like it. I'm surprised we don't see more of that with potions specifically because it's super flavorful. Of like, oh, these are the exactly. ingredients you need in order to fetch this mm-hmm. potion or create it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very very yeah. cool. And yeah, a fast way to get Bulgey into play. Yeah, and you want that in play because, like we said, especially if you're, if depending on who your starting character is, if you do start with Arthur Weasley, then you can do damage yeah. each turn if you wanted to, and then even if you discard it right away uh, to do thirteen damage, that's a lot of damage. And I don't know of any other card that does uh, that does that much. I think there's a there's a couple maybe that are up there, but that that's that's high. So definitely, definitely, yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's it's just a card. It's just a it's weird, not weird. It, it's good that it makes healing cards. Slightly better because if you are running eel eyes and the beetle eyes, then you it makes sense to heal the potion back to your deck because you can just fetch it uh, mm-hmm. with them. So that's a very interesting case there. Um, Definitely. And that leads us to our next spell card. It's Quidditch powered. It costs three. Bias commentary. 
God, I love this card. Uh, it reads, the next time this turn you play a spell card that needs Quidditch power, if that if that card does damage to your opponent, it does five more damage. So this is a stacker. You're going to play Bias Commentary and then follow up with something that does damage. Uh, I particularly like Hawkshead Formation, which is from the mm-hmm. Chamber of Secrets set, and you can do some serious damage. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. stacking with Bludgers, add Oliver Wood's ability. Quidditch is crazy. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. It's it, I mean, even if you had like a mid air collision that does ten damage, it's just like it's it's crazy for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I love Lee Jordan there uh, being yeah the biased commentator. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Gryffindor is the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so should we move on? Let's yes. do it. Um. Quidditch players talking about Quidditch. So I'll join you by talking about the Blue Bottle Broom. Yes. Not to be confused with Blue Bottle Coffee, which is a coffee shop around here. And uh, you have a mom. I I hope it's a mom or someone kidnapping a child on a broom. And it costs a total of four. It provides one Quidditch lesson. If you have Hooch, you can potentially fetch this if you are feeling like that. It's a healing item. And once, uh, you may use an action, or uh, you may use an action to put a non-healing card from your discard pile into the bottom of your deck. And of course, you can only have one broom, uh, mm-hmm. in play. So it discards the next one. So yeah, interesting card. Uh, I have no experience using this card as it's a Quidditch yeah. card. But what do you all, have you all used it or not really? No, it doesn't seem like, of all the brooms, this seems like the least, uh, useful one for me, at least. Yeah, same. And you know, uh, I just don't have experience with it because I have yet to really build a broom-focused um, deck. So I need to do that. And once I do and kind of experiment, this will be the first one that I go to 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 try to add in there, you know, because it seems like it'll it'll serve its purpose, especially since it's four, but it provides one um, lesson power. I think that that's really important. So Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Now cool. we go to a cauldron shop. All right, let's go to the cauldron shop. It is a location... And either player may use an action to search his or her deck. That player may take an item card from his or her deck that needs potion power, show it to his or her opponent, and put it into his or her hand. Then that player shuffles. So this is something that can help you find the combination we were just talking about. You know, yeah, uh, exactly. the eel eye and um, beetle eye in order to get your bulge eye. So this is, this is something good to have uh, in your hand for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, beautiful art. I love anything that has to do with selling things. Uh, and all those cauldrons there are just so pretty. Yeah, so unique and interesting. Yeah. I like it a lot, too. Sure. Great location. Now we go to a very weird spell, yeah. Yeah, I don't recall this spell in the books. Uh, maybe it's somewhere, but uh, it's called Kalashu. I could be even pronouncing it wrong. But uh, it reads, look at your opponent's hand. If there are any item cards there, choose one of them and discard it. So, yeah, um... Could be handy. I don't run this myself. Oh, and I forgot to mention it's charms, lesson, power. It costs three. So very low, uh, easy way to just target. Uh, if you know your opponent is running items, you could just be like, ah, get that one out of here. But uh, yeah, and the art is funny. He's like stuck to some gum on the ground or something, and then he's dropping vials of potions. It's interesting. Yeah, is that Snape. I'm not sure who. Yeah, that is. I think That's it Snape. is Snape. Yeah. And I and I remember reading somewhere that. 
that Wizards of the Coast sort of created their own spells yeah. mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know. So a lot of these it will that we'll find that are like, what? We never heard of that. It's just because it's a spell that didn't exist in the books. They just sort of did their own thing, which oh, is wow. yeah, which which is really sort of interesting because like for for the first and second book, which is where where all of this imagination kind of came from, there are enough spells. So yeah, it was almost definitely. like, well, we're going to add our own stuff. And so um you know, maybe that's like a thing that TCGs do, Emilio, that, that you might, you know, mm-hmm. know from or something. But like, and it, it's not a problem, obviously, but then it sort of adds like, well, where did you get that? <laughs> like, of all the fucking words that you could think of, dude, this is what you come up with? Call you it, have, yeah. yeah, like you have the yeah. ability. But anyway, so. In, in Spanish, I, we, in Spanish, we used to say Coyosho. That's how we read it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In, 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 in our, in our school. the double L. Coyosho. It's a yes. really weird, I don't know where that got, like. Gunk is coming from, but it looks like an STI, <laughs> to be honest. So we can move oh, on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fair it up. might be. Crab and Goyle. You never know what they're up to. Oh, but it's gosh. Snape. Mm. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Play with that silver unicorn horn. <laughs> Death, Death Eater reunions who know what they do there. Anyway, so we have the next card is the Ill Eyes. It costs yes. one. It's, as you can guess, uh, the picture has eyes and they're in a bottle. They look pickled to me, so that makes sense. And uh, when you play this card, you can look at your opponent's hand, and that's what it does. So it's, you know, cost one, comes in, gives you an extra action. If you have Draco Malfoy slithering out, you can look at your opponent's hand and prepare for Mona's hand with, you know, like four through the arc and four (laughs) pivot drive. And then uh, you can discard <laughs> eel eyes and beetle eyes to fetch the, the bull's eye potion. So, you know, both the beetle eyes and the eel eyes say the same effect. So really cool item. Um, and there's not much to say because we've really talked about the combo already, yep. like, like a lot. Totally. <laughs> exactly. It's the, yeah. the, the opposite of beetle eyes or the, the helper to beetle eyes, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So now we can go to Frog Spawn. Okay, cool. Yes. Frog Spawn is a spell. It costs two care magical creatures and uh, lessons, and it says during your opponent's next turn, prevent all damage done to your creatures. So pretty uh, cut and dry. Really, you know, really good card. I I've only used it a couple times. I I don't really use it that often. I guess uh, my way of preventing damage is really playing uh, riding the centaur. Um, but yeah, this is this is good. Yeah, very low cost and uh, very powerful, especially if there's an onslaught of creatures coming your way. Uh, nice way to just uh, avoid that. Yeah, apparently they like to eat frog spawn. I don't understand the flavor <laughs> of this card. You throw yeah. at them and they eat that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I That's also I also wonder why they used the um, quote that they did from uh, Petunia, which was yeah. uh, which says, "I was the only one who saw her for what she was—a freak." You know, so I wonder like how they tried to tie that into frog spawn. Do you guys? Yeah. That's like, a stereotype. A stereotype of nerdy people or freaky people or the relationship of freak to nerd. Nerd being people that enjoy nature as well and like are out there getting dirty, looking for animals. As someone that mm. uh, is in the field with animal and animal behavior, that's a common stereotype. Uh, to be honest, yeah. Okay. So it's like a freak. You're freaky because you're hang- you're like looking at animals getting dirty and exploring. So that's cool. like what comes to mind to me. Yeah. All right, well, listener, yeah. if you if you have any uh, any idea or you want to pitch in, then please leave us a comment on what your what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, you can always get in touch with us. Send us an email at renovatepodcast at gmail We'd love to hear your interpretations of some of these cards or your experience with them. Definitely, Definitely. but. 
That leads us to our next spell, which is a charm <laughs> spell. It's re- it's injured. It costs five power. I'm not a fan of this one, but it it says, "Look at your opponent's hand. Discards all powers or all cards that uh, from it that need Quidditch power." What an so, amazing card! It really, oh, it's so really upsetting because so there goes my catch the snitch. There goes my matches. Yo, goes, your whole, my hand whole hand is gone. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I'm not a fan of this one. And luckily, I haven't uh, encountered it too much. But yeah, if I were to run five run. in your deck, if you're playing yeah, against dogs, uh, <laughs> yeah, five. <laughs> no cheaters. Out of the no, it's a, it's an interesting uh, card for sure. Very good anti. When I first learned of this card, I was the happiest because I was getting like just pulverized by somebody who had a um quidditch deck because quidditch decks are meant to be brutal because quidditch is brutal that's the whole point um you know but i remember when i saw this i was like hell yeah i'm gonna play this card you know and just like discard their whole hand especially if you have if you run four of these and you get in their hand gets really big you're like i'm gonna go ahead and get rid of that yeah oh my god yeah could nasty be nasty card yeah. uh, let's move to another card that also is kind of weird uh, it's a spell called Lappy Force. Mm-hmm. It has it costs seven, so pretty pricey. It has what looks to be the back of a cat and the front of a rabbit. Yes. Um, and this spell reads: You choose one of your opponent's creature in play and discard it. Then search your deck. You may take a creature card from your deck, show it to your opponent, and put it into your hand. So you're transforming like your opponent's creature into, into your, your own. own. So yeah. like transforming a creature into something else. Interesting. Really costly. Uh. It does remove a creature, though. I don't know. Like, have you either of you used this card? Nope. Uh, never really ran it in a deck, but I the, the fact that creatures and transfiguration go hand in hand, I could see someone maybe using this, but not myself yet, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm in the same boat just because of how expensive it is. You know, I'm yeah. just sort of uh, like. I get that it sort of does two things because you can use one spell to get rid of a card and then you can play a creature which is using two actions. Um, yes, you know, so yes, so I do yes. I do understand that part, but I just personally haven't invested in it because I'm like, you know, it's kind of pricey, so whatever. Yeah. Fair enough. That takes us to our next location. All right, let's do it. And that is going to be Madame Malkin's Robes. Whenever a card, yours or your opponent's, does damage, it does one less damage. And that's Transfiguration, and it costs four. Um, what do you guys think of that card? I've seen uh, people use this to their advantage when they're getting attacked by creatures, but uh, especially, yeah, Aldex specifically, but I don't really run this myself mm-hmm. uh, too often. Same. Very weird card. I guess that they're putting pins up your body and it sort of like does more damage. Okay. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's very blah to me. I, I think it's a good effect, but I don't, I just don't care for it. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Well, that takes us to our next one. And actually, I might have been mistaking it for this card. Uh, Porcupine Robe. Uh, it's Transfiguration, costs seven, pretty expensive. Uh, but it's an item that reads, at the end of each of your opponent's turns, do one damage to each creature that did damage to you that turn. So yeah, that's really comes in handy for Al decks. Because oh, okay. like, yeah. they do one damage to you, you do one damage to each creature. So you could just wipe out. Or spiders, for instance, they usually only have a health of one, unless the location's in play that's going to boost them. Uh, but yeah, this one's a pretty good item. But again, I don't really run it because of how expensive it is. Yeah, this this is actually an item that I would use that investment for, especially like you said, Doug, if it's going towards a um, like an owl deck, because mm-hmm. some of these, like even Black Bat, for example, is a really good 
creature, but it but its health is really low. So I think it's two health and two damage, you know. And so yeah. with something like that, I mean, you just just to have that investment in playing this item, and I, you know, you can have multiple of them in play as well. And so you know, if that's yeah. the case, yes. then you can kind of stack them up. They stack exactly, yeah. and it could it could be that defense that you would have if you were looking at having like leaping toadstool or something along those lines, where you can just use it every single turn instead of um, utilizing yeah. its health. So I find it funny; it's not a unique item mm-hmm. in the sense that, like, what Harry's got multiple porcupine robes on him. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Um, yeah. yeah, it's a it's an interesting card. Like in other games, when your deck running out is not part of the damage that you know of your life, basically. You can do what's called like a pillow fort deck, mm. in which you have cards that really nullify damage done to you, basically. Mm. And you can just survive a game. But in Harry Potter, that's harder to do, sadly. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. True but now we can move to a practical joke, right? Yes. And that's mine? Yep. Very fitting. So it has three. A transfiguration, practical joke, um, the spell, and then you count the number of items in play. And do that much damage to your opponent. So, you know, if you're playing swarms of cards, uh, or you're playing swarms of items, or your opponent has items, it's, sort of, it's swarm, right? But with, yes, right. but with, uh, with items. So really cool card. Um, I haven't used it personally in my item decks, but, um, I think it's cool. I was going to say, it's perfect for your item deck, but unless you don't really have transfiguration in there, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Well, I think this next card is Mona's. Yeah, let's go. So this is going to be Quality Quidditch Supplies. And this location says, Either player may use an action to search his or her deck. That player may take an item card from his or her deck that needs Quidditch power, show it to his or her opponent, and put it into his or her hand, then shuffle. Yeah, very handy. Uh, like we said with locations, that affects you mm-hmm. and your opponent. So if you have a Quidditch cards in your deck uh this is a location you want in play whether it's your opponent playing right. it or you yep yeah very good location yep. uh that takes us to our next creature it's the quintiped uh very hideous looking yeah. thing too many teeth absolutely gross uh but it's uh <laughs> doesn't read anything it just damage uh, each turn is two and health of yep. five so not discarding anything uh to get it in play it costs five uh care of magical creature power but honestly really uh, annoying creature to play many instances of because of that health of five, uh, not easy to just get rid of and the damage of two stacks. So, uh, I do find myself playing this in quite a number of creature decks, especially when I'm like thinking of like, what other creatures can I sneak in here? It's like, this is always a good option. Yeah, for sure. You know, because it's quintiped and it's got its five legs, I almost wish that it was like, you know, it cost five, the damage was five, the health was five. You know, that that would have been kind of cool because it's also one of those like made up that that wasn't in the books, right? I mean, I I don't remember ever reading about this. Yeah, so like you had so many creatures. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's like you had an opportunity here. <laughs> so <laughs> then if they were going to make it five damage each turn, at least then make it a rare. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, because that, <laughs> yeah. that to balance, exactly to balance it out, you know, or make it unique even just to have one. Yeah. That's a yeah. good point too. But yeah, interesting creature. Sure. And now we go to a card that we've already talked about, yeah. which is spiral dive, right? Like that's, that's your stuff. Yep. Yep. Our- yeah, that's the one I mentioned previously about how I had that deck built around it. But I think this is actually yeah, Amelia's, Amelia's card to discuss. Yeah. Oh, it's mine. Okay, I just cool. meant, yeah, it was done. So, uh, Spiral Dive costs five, and as we talked about, you discard as many cards uh, as you want from your hand, so it doesn't have your, to be your whole hand. 
and you do that that much damage to your opponent. So as Mona brought up, or and I think both of you, you have Diagon Alley ad, uh, Adventure, and then you solve it with Draco's trick, trick or something. Yep. Then you can draw as many cards as you want, and potentially you can one hit your opponent depending on where you are at in the game with yeah. this spiral dive. So really cool card. Yeah. I screwed up for the tournament and didn't uh, get my side deck in order in time because i was like struggling with the untapped interface i'm new to it all but regardless i was like i'll just fly without a side deck this was the card i when we would get to the point in matches where it's like if i had a side deck i wanted this because like i said i'd run into the instance where it's like oh there's starters oliver wood any instance of oliver wood i can't use so i would want to just like discard cards that became dead weights with this card but um yeah very interesting quidditch card i didn't see the value in until Mm -hmm. recently yeah, which is pretty cool about some of the cards as they sort of sneak up on you, you know, like even though it's such an old game and all of us sort of assume that because it's old that maybe we've done all the combos or whatever, but that that's just an example is that, you know, you have so many cards that uh, we still don't know the value of. Like at face value, we read them right. and we're like, man, whatever, but, you know, really studying it, you know, so that's why it's like... Uh, I'm just going to sort of like say this is my own opinion. Like I know that we're doing fan stuff, you know, in the community as a whole, but don't forget about these, these cards that are original. They, they're, they're popular. They're good for what they are. And in that you guys need to like focus on those because you know, you're, you're still learning from them. You know what I mean? Like, like that combination we were talking about before the snuffling potion and um, the burrow. I mean, that's, that's something that those two cards have been around for ages, but you know, we hadn't really heard about that combination until recently. So yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Then now we got to Verdilius. Yeah. Okay. So Verdilius, it costs nine, which is really expensive. You know, it costs nine. It's charms. Um, so it says do five damage to your opponent or to a creature of your choice. So I guess because of the ore, maybe they make it a little bit more expensive. That was what we were talking about, that give and take. Um, you know, so doing five damage is definitely, uh, especially to a creature, you know, that's that's definitely yeah. something if you've got that quintiped or something that you want to get rid of. Exactly. That's what yeah. came to mind. Take out a quintiped in one turn or one action. That's yeah. actually, uh, it ex- explains why it's nine, but it, that is very yeah. I mean, I don't know it's if I would use, if I would, I mean, that that's expensive to have in there just to get rid of a quintiped that only does two damage, though, you know, so. True, yeah, I don't that's know. a good point. Yeah, this is not a good card. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm with you. So now we have, we can move on to a yes. very good card, though. Yes, yeah. we've brought this one up, I best. feel like, on previous episodes. That's how good it is. But yes, this is one of the best locations we get. It's called Wand Shop. It costs four uh, charms, lesson, uh, or power. And it reads, all charms lessons, yours and your opponents, provide two charms power instead mm. of one. So, yes, again, it's only lessons. So if you have, let's say, a wand or something in play that's providing charms right. power, that Correct. doesn't double. But your lessons mm. will. Uh, and, man, just such a handy card. Really boost your lesson count quickly. And also, like, for things like Incendia. Or, no, no, as Incendio is, I'm pretty sure... Uh, I forget exactly, but uh, certain cards it does really work well with. Yeah, no, it's, for Incendio, it doesn't work because Incendio counts the lessons. You're right? absolutely right. Not yes. the power. Yeah. yeah, well, this this is definitely um, a card that I use in my Potion and Charms deck, which is the Venomous Tentacular Juice and Dobby's Help combo. Uh, anybody yeah. who has that combo in a deck, this card is absolutely... Um, very, very imperative for you to have. I mean, because it's like you can just mm-hmm. stack those up and use it right away. I mean, you can have five lessons in play to play a card that costs 10. You know what I'm saying? So, 
Yeah. Right. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Really cool. Really cool card. And the art is yep. super cool as well. You mm-hmm. have that really fancy one there. Um, so should we move? Yep. Let's do it. To the wild boar. Is it my, it's yep. my card, right? Yep. And it's just a wild boar. Very plain wild boar looking. Cost two. You have to discard two of your lessons. So we know Mona is not running this. <laughs> True. And it damages for three each turn. It has a health of five. So it has a big drawback, but it's pretty powerful, you know, for the cost, even though you have to discard. Yeah. Right. I just, I like how low cost it is, but the discard two for what it is, I never play this card. Yeah, I wouldn't play it. Plus, either. it's just a boar. We have those in the muggle yeah. world. Give me something else. I yeah, want a quintuple. It's not magical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Diagon version of a cunning fox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But and now uh, we can go back to school with this next book here. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. So we've got a beginner's guide to transfiguration. It's a transfiguration card. It costs two. It does provide one power, which is always great. Um, it's an item, and it says you may use an action and discard this card from play to draw three cards. So. Uh, you might want to, you know, put it into play early because it only costs two, and then it provides one, yeah. and then once you're able to stack a little bit more, getting rid of it, um, you know, is is fine. Maybe before your opponent does, and it could do do something for you, which is drawing three cards. So not too bad. Yeah, pretty nice resource builder yeah. if you need it. It's yeah, you could use it for the lesson power or the resources. Pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, it's cool with Draco. Is Draco? I love the books with Draco. It's really. Really nice, you know, because they cost low, they provide you a lesson, you get an extra action, and when you need to, you discard and drop your cards. It's like, it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. No brainer for a Draco deck. Um, That takes us to our next card, which is Bludger in the Stands. It costs six Quidditch power, and it's a spell that reads, do four damage to your opponent. Then if your opponent has any items in play, he or she chooses one of them and discards it. So, yes, the Bludger is smashing things again. <laughs> Ooh. Because you have to, your opponent chooses. That's the bad part, mm-hmm. right? So if your opponent has multiple items that they can just choose whatever they don't care. The junky one. Yeah. Like if you're if you're if you're de- dueling against my deck, like I'll just discard the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It's. I mean, I like that it does four damage, but uh, but yeah, I'm kind of on the same same boat as you guys. Yeah. yeah. I love the shoe. In the <laughs> yeah. Bottom left. <laughs> It's like for whatever that's a focal point, and for whatever reason they put that there. That's so. true. That is very funny. Maybe that's what's g- the item that's going to get damaged. Uh, <laughs> well, the whole the blood foot, is going right yeah, at it. Yeah, the whole foot is going to be destroyed at that point. <laughs> but we can move to one of the stupidest spells in the whole set. Yes, it's called Blue Wig. You have you know it costs six charms. You have this like teacher lady screaming because her um, her wig is blue, which apparently does for damage to it <laughs> yeah. and then you draw a card it makes no sense whatsoever this why is... would why would a blue wig damage you why would you draw a card from it i it's... swear this is wizards of the coast being like well we've either run out of ideas or have like a filler card like what what can we do this one is very just like out of like every time i pull this or have a copy of this i never use it and i always just kind of look at it like funny i'm like this is just a strange card yeah same i i i'm not gonna of all the other cards out there that do damage i'm not going to use this one you know this is this has just never been on my radar so yeah yeah 
So we can move to the butterfly? Okay, let's do yeah. it. Yep, butterfly weed bomb. It's a spell and it's healing. Uh, it does cost five. It's a potion card. And it says, to play this card, discard one of your potion lessons from play. Shuffle up to nine non-healing cards from your discard pile into your deck. Um, so, you know, for, to shuffle nine and it costs five, I think is, is definitely pretty good. Um, you know, you have to be ready, of course, to discard one. Uh, but just depending on where you are in the game, maybe you've stacked up your lessons. You know, there there's there's always space for these types of cards for sure. Um, but yeah, have you guys used this? Yeah. I, this one is one of my go-to for healing mm-hmm. decks uh, because it only costs one lesson to do nine. And it's as particularly great when you could use both actions to play this card twice uh because then you're healing 18 Mm. but again you're gonna want to have a bunch of lessons already in play and feel like you could already take that damn or like take that in stride and that's the thing uh with like potion decks you have a lot of cauldrons in play so hopefully even by you discarding two lessons your cauldrons are keeping your lesson count high with their power so uh yeah this one it's nice to heal yeah it's pretty (laughs) Okay. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> True that. And then that takes us to another card I don't like, uh, Shit, which is yeah. uh, called Cancelled Practice. Uh, Transfiguration only costs two, and it says choose one of your opponent's Quidditch lessons in play and discard it. So, ugh, anti-Quidditch. Yeah. Gotta hate it. I know. <laughs> yeah, apparently, wizards can't fly in the snow. So, yeah. yeah. That makes True sense. True that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very simple card. It's a hate card, so we can move along yep. with, without the hate. And we have the dog bane potion. You have some cookie, some dog biscuits, a collar, and a dog paw on a potion pot. It costs five. It's a potion card. It's a spell because all potions are spells, uh, such as our butterfly weed bomb. <laughs> and uh, you choose one of your opponent's creatures in play and do three damage to it. Once again, I don't know what was going through people's mind when they made this card. Why would you have do three damage for five? Five, yeah. five seems heavy for to a creature. What it does. Yeah. It's not an item. I mean, I think they just did this card because this last card said they keep getting worse and worse. Uh, right. Blue wig, dogbane potion. It's like at least read the book, you know. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Speaking of the dog biscuits on that card, uh, that's our next it card. It is, and Mona. it costs one. It's a care magical creature card. It's a spell. Remove all damage counters from one of your creatures in play, then draw a card. You know, actually, this isn't too bad of a card, especially if you've got something yeah. like Leaping Toadstool in play, where that yeah, damage yeah. is really sort of... Um, uh, like, you know, adding up. And, like, I, whenever I play Leaping Toadstool, my starting character is uh, Sprout. And so yeah. she gives my character, my plants, two more health, plants. you know. And so uh, yep. once you're, like, at five or something, then you can play this and just restart without having to get rid of it. So it is good, especially with how cheap it is. Yeah, that it's a sense. nice card. Simple and nice. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I could uh, see myself using this to heal my Fluffy or something after someone's been trying to get rid of it. That'd be brutal. Um, But yes, this takes us to our next book, which is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. We all know that one. Uh, It provides one Care of Magical Creature lesson. It only costs two, and it's an item book that reads, you may use an action to discard this card to draw three cards, just kind of like our other one for uh, Transfiguration. So another handy Mm -hmm, book. Yep, cut and dry. Books always do something good for us, so... And of course, the reference to you know this is the new Scamander's mm-hmm. book. So yep, 
This is yeah. the, from the new movies. Not from the new movies. It's always been around. It's cool that they added the little lizard yeah. thing, mute looking thing. I like that yeah. too. Yeah. So then we have a spell that really confused me. Uh, and I'll, I'll share more. I'm sure all of you may have a similar experience. But this flip handle, of course, flip. And there's we have like a, a, a guy or someone there like... Maybe almost, Percy? I was going to uh, say like, Percy. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Being flipped, flipped by probably Fred and George. The paintings are laughing. It only costs two. It does two damage to your opponent or creature of your choice. And the reason... So pretty simple, right? Like whatever. Uh, but the thing that... <laughs> the thing about this card that really confused me was because in the PlayStation games... Yes. Nintendo was, was one of the spells that you could use. And I was so confused. It's like Because it was like an energy bolt. Right. Yep. So I was like, "Why is Yard?" Of, I mean, I understand. It was really confusing because I just thought Philippenda was just like a power surge or something. But it makes sense. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else it's, to say. It's just so funny that you say that because I recently posted on Instagram um, a Game Boy, a Harry Potter Game Boy game, and you know somebody mm-hmm. commented uh, Flipendo because like in that and it was because I think it's the same game you know what I mean like the PlayStation one that you're referring to but it was just so funny because yeah, yeah. I was like oh my god that's ex- it's like every other word is like Flipendo Flipendo and I was like yeah. oh my god I I blasted <laughs> that Hogwarts castle with Flipendo blast all over the place it was my favorite one of my favorite things to do actually as a player in games that you have a world that you can explore is to blast things for no <laughs> yeah. reason so. Yep. Legend of Zelda right. or Harry Potter, I would just be blasting everything. And Flipenda was my spell to blast. Oh. With. It's yeah. so funny you bring that up. I found my original copy of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone on PlayStation 1. I thought it was long gone. And I once I found it, I popped it in and started playing it. And man, that is a throwback. Oh, yeah. uh, those graphics, uh, not that they don't yeah. hold up, but uh, gosh, just uh, if they anyone's unfamiliar, Google up, uh, Google uh, PS1 Hagrid and you'll have a good yeah. But yeah, Flipendo, uh, great. Uh, I, I don't want to say great card, but uh, I'm glad no. I brought back the nostalgia for great the video. Memory. Yes. Yes. Great, great memory. Yes, great memory. Yeah. There we but go. definitely, yeah, the graphics is a great, a great, uh, when we go back to the games that we've played, it's a great reminder of how uh, far we've come. We don't, <laughs> And also of how blind we are, right? Like we don't we don't know what we're looking at now. Maybe like you know, ten years from now, we'll look at the recordings like this looks like shit. Right, yeah. you know, like it's it's just like it's just like it's it's in the contrast that you make. So really interesting. I remember this game looking perfect. Oh my, yeah, my memories are like this. Looked like I was there. Like the well, graphics were amazing. What's you know? funny about that is someone pointed this out. Back then, we had uh like the the TVs that were more like rounded and just yep. like larger versus like these flat screens. If you're playing on something like modern, it is going to yeah. look much right. worse. Yeah, yeah. But that takes us to our next spell card with Mona. Okay, it is called Freeze, and it's also a charm spell. It costs three, and it says choose one of your opponent's creatures in play and do four damage to it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, do four damage to a creature, and it costs three. Not too bad, I suppose. Very yeah, revisiting this yeah. makes me want to put this in some of my charms decks, because that yeah, pretty low cost for what it yeah. does. 
It makes no sense. Why would they have this and the dog dog bane potion? Like it, it right. just it just makes no sense. <laughs> You're you absolutely know. right, Amelia. Yeah. Good point. Let, let's, let's so let's just let's just yep. ignore this. We'll part. move on to our next book. Uh, it's magical drafts and potions. Only costs two potion power, and it reads: uh, You may use an action to uh, discard this from play to draw three cards. Just like all other books, they're yep. just very much resource builders, and it provides a uh, quid or uh, quidditch uh, potions power. <laughs> Not much to say here. Same. Yeah. And then, so we can move on to Meet Air Collision. It costs 10, and you have a Slytherin and a Gryffindor fight in there. It does 10 damage to one of your opponents, and then you then you choose one of their cards in play and discard it. So this is worth mm-hmm. it. Uh, the, uh, this price is worth for this effect, because you get to discard any card, and then you're doing 10 damage. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and usually I've used this card myself if I'm lucky enough to get 10 lesson count in play. Uh, the card I end up choosing to discard is usually like a lesson or something because it's like that's easy to swallow. Uh, yeah, I, I really do like this this card. Yeah, a lot. exactly. Yeah. This is sort of like, you know, that like if you had the like the example we were given before with Quintiped, if it costs five and it had that five damage, this essentially is that it costs 10, but it has 10 damage, you know, so you are, yeah, you are yeah. sort of utilizing that power that you're putting out. Uh, and then like Emilio said, to get rid of one card is always good. I mean, because it's essentially sort of like, uh, like a picking on Neville, which we'll get to in a minute, but you have the ability to take one of their cards and just say, I'm getting rid of that. So yeah, you choose totally choosing is good. Yep. And now we get one of the, Really coolest potions that I I always love this. Yeah, so. yeah, this oh, yeah. one yeah. this one is great for sure. Moonseed potion costs eight. Um, it's an item, and it says when you play this card, do three damage to your opponent. You may use an action and discard this card from play to do six damage to your opponent. So, um, you know, it's great because you can play it first round and uh, first action and do three, and then you can discard it if you wanted to to do to do nine. So. Yeah. yeah, it's like Bulgei Light. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but the, like you said, though, as you play it, you do three. I, I do like that. And there was a promo version of this. Which card. is beautiful. Pretty, yeah. So yeah. Pretty, yeah, really, really yeah. good. Very cool. Very good. Um, that leads us to picking on Neville, which uh, Mona just mentioned. Uh, this costs four transfiguration power, and it reads uh, it's a spell that reads, choose one of your opponent's cards in play other than their starting character. And discard it. Uh, your opponent may prevent this by choosing two of his or her cards in play other than his or her starting character and discarding them. So you're targeting something and then they have the option of saying, actually, I'll discard these two to keep that in play. So clearly you're going to want to target something very powerful and then they will maybe be like, well, I can get rid of two lessons and keep that in play. Or they'll just swallow the pill and be like, I'll get rid of what you're targeting. Yeah. Uh, I've had this used against me many times Horrible. and it makes me want to play this in my transfiguration decks because yeah i'm i never really did and it's a very uh yeah i mean it's mean card yeah it is and it's it's a sentence it's called uh the poor man's dobby uh dobby's disappearance for a reason you know because it's like i mean and and we really say that because it costs the same as dobby's disappearance but the card itself is just astronomically fucking expensive but but anyway i mean it's, it's really good essentially because like you said, Doug, if you were to say, let's say someone has an owl deck or something, and you say, okay, I'm going to get rid of the one owl that you have or the most powerful owl that you have, and they might be like, no, I'm going to get rid of something else. Um, and you might be doing that on purpose, or you'll have that, and then you'll have a Dobby's disappearance. So you'll play that, they'll Ooh. get rid of two instead, and then you'll just get rid of that one that you wanted to anyway. Uh, again, <laughs> yeah. sorry, Mona's savageness. It just sort well, of is I, what it is. So I'm taking notes <laughs> over here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, a, it's a disgustingly powerful card. Yeah. If you, I mean, for me, if you discard two things is better regardless action wise mm-hmm. 
card advantage wise is yeah. just uh it's just a horrible deal so yeah uh picking Neville definitely a powerful card that people should consider even if you have that was disappearing exactly yeah have totally. them have it yeah. have it in your deck for sure no matter what yeah. have them both if you can and now we have Piggly Dudley, not to be confused with Piggly Wiggly. And it's like a five-cost transfiguration spell. Uh, it chooses one of your opponent's creature or characters in play and put it on top of his or her deck. Um, as I've mentioned before, in any other game, things that put cards on top of the deck are re- normally pretty brutal because you can create loops in which your opponent is basically restricted to the same pool of cards. Um, but in Harry Potter, you're also healing your opponent. So it's kind of like a, a very different vibe. So I wouldn't use this particularly, but I don't know if you've either of you have used this. Yeah. No experience whatsoever with this card. I just like to laugh at the tail on Dudley's butt. Yeah, yeah I think this card is uh, is sort of like... You're putting it in with with a specific purpose in mind, and so when it says choose one of your opponent's uh, creatures or characters and play and put it at the top of his or her deck, to me, I would use that on my first action and then do damage on my second. Yes, and so there you that go. would That's be smart. like you know if there was a really powerful like for example, Doug, you mentioned um, a Fluffy, right? So like that is a yep. very powerful creature if you can manage to get Fluffy into play. So I right. would probably use this. Um, and then discard it. Now, Fluffy, you do have to get rid of two cards in order to put it in play, so if you were to discard it anyway or return it to your opponent's hand, it's unlikely that they'll be able to play it again right away. Um, but, yeah, I follow. Yeah, but just, just as an example, you know, you would you would probably choose a, a creature that is doing damage to you, put it at the top of, of their uh, deck, and then as your second, discard it. Get it out of there. Yeah, yeah. that makes perfect sense. That's a good It just uh, said that you can't lock your opponent like you can do in other games, which is what I, I enjoy. That's what that's the only reason I enjoy like putting cards on top of opponent's decks. In, in other games, you can just lock them. Mm. But here, it's just harder to do. But it, it is a nice use what you're referring to, mm. definitely. Yeah, totally. All right, and that takes us to our next spell with Mona. All right, so that is going to be Quick Thinking. It costs six. It's a um, Quidditch spell, and it says do three damage to your opponent or draw three cards. So you have the option to do so. Um, either one, it's pretty expensive to do either one, in my opinion. Um, it costs six to, you know, so it, it's a it's a decent card. I can see why some people would have it, but um, to me, I don't have to think quick for that one. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very straightforward. <laughs> Can we insert some drums there? That was uh, that was a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> or draw cards. Up to you. Um, but that leads us to, I think, maybe our last book of this set. I could be wrong, but it's Quidditch Through the Ages. Only costs two Quidditch power. And just like all other books, it reads, you may use an action yep. to discard this card to draw three cards. And it provides one Quidditch lesson. Mm-hmm. So, or power. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Beautiful book. Oh, yeah. Other, yeah. Oh, Same. Yeah. I love that they give books for all the lesson types like thank you yeah, yeah. that is cool yeah yeah and the last one will be the sharns one but we'll get yeah exactly. oh, okay um yeah. now we have the river troll costs five you discard one of your curious lessons so we know mona doesn't like this <laughs> and uh it has a horrible art it looks like something you would find in steamworks <laughs> and then uh if you don't know what that is you should google it and oh then uh damage uh it, it changes four and the health is three so, I don't play creatures that often, so I don't know. Is this good? Like, I don't know. 
I play creatures quite a bit, but the thing is, again, I'm kind of siding with Mona here. I, for what this card does, I don't want to discard the creature lesson for it. Uh, there's so many other alternative creatures that don't require that, that you, will give you more health and maybe a little bit less on the damage. So uh, it just depends on what you're going for. But I know there's a holographic version of this, despite it there being is, uh, yeah. uh, common. From so, the yeah, decks, I, I think. Exactly. So from the, I forget which starter deck, but yeah, that's where you could find that. Yeah, you know, I, I in in my opinion, like I wouldn't want to get rid of a lesson just to have four damage done. I mean, I would probably just use both of my actions to play um, two black bats to do four damage immediately uh, to my right. opponent, and then I would say, well, for the remaining uh, remainder of the turns that I'm going to have in my actions and I'll be able to at least, um, you know, do, do as much damage as I can. So I, I personally wouldn't use this. And I think it's the Diagon Alley, um, starter deck that it comes in. That makes sense. um, Yeah, that would, yeah. Yep. So now dog, you get to talk more about owls. Screech. All right. Uh, yes, the screech owl, uh, it's uh, only cost three care of magical creature, uh, lessons and it reads when you play this card you may put a lesson card from your discard pile into your hand love that ability mm-hmm. and damage each turn is one health each turn is one so, mm-hmm. or health in general is one right. uh yeah i i play four of these if i have an owl deck i love the ability to fetch my lessons from my discard pile yeah for sure all the owls in the diagon alley set i think are worth having there's a few owls that are in uh i think there's one owl in base delivery owl that delivery i don't owl, i don't yeah. think is is uh is decent for an owl deck, but for those who are listening, yeah. who want to build an owl deck after this conversation, then definitely use one from Diagon Alley. I would say, yeah, totally. Well, I I, I said that you would talk about it, but I thought it was wasn't it Mona's turn. That was Mona's turn. Yeah. My, <laughs> I think I took her turn. But uh, how you, about Mona? You, you take really this like, one. You really like owls. It's okay. No, yeah, okay. I totally dig that. I didn't even notice. So yeah, we'll go to uh, the next. Yeah, we'll go to the next card, which is a spell. It is a Quidditch card. It costs five, and it's called Sloth Grip. And it says, during your opponent's next turn, you may prevent all but the first three damage done to you. Um, so this is good for for cards that are in play, like Slow Acting Venom. Um, what's the item? Uh, the Quidditch item that does three damage each turn. Is it the like bludger? Rogue Bludger? Yeah. The yes. Bludgers in general. Yeah, both Bludgers, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, some, something like that would be, you know, kind of good to... But again, you know, it's also it's obviously just like the next the next turn, but it's, it's decent. Yeah. Don't, even yeah. as much of a Quidditch head as I am, I don't play this card too much. Same, yeah, I yeah. don't either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I'll try to get a rotation back. I'll take this one. It's Spongify. It costs two Charms Lesson a power and it reads it's a spell that reads choose a non-healing item in play and return it to its owner's hand then draw a card uh don't like this card other than the art the art's goofy it's a book that has turned into a sponge <laughs> exactly i'm with you on that yeah it's interesting i think that this is a great spell for uh undergrads when you're reading and you just pass out you can just at yep. least have a comfy sponge little pillow yeah but other than that <laughs> yeah unless you're discarding that that the opponent's hand is a key item, I guess. You do draw a card, so that's nice replacement for the card. But yeah, it's like okay, yeah, yeah, very basic. Um, yeah. So now we can go to swelling potion. Costs seven. It has uh, goyle or crab or one of those, which is you know same thing. Uh, yeah, it's a spell because all potions are spells that we've talked about. <laughs> and it does five damage to your opponent. Do your opponent next turns. Your opponent can't play, 
can't use actions to play item cards. I'm guessing because they're too fat uh, to <laughs> play cards, but they can yeah. cast spells. It makes no yeah. sense. But yeah. uh, horrible art. It's it, it really looks like the kind of person you would find in a bar back home in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Shit. Um, just in a stool <laughs> drinking all day. So, yeah. <laughs> Nice. That's all I can say. About yeah, it. I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry. Do five damage to your opponent. Um, you know, I I've used it a few times. I wouldn't say this is my go-to necessarily, what? as far as like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Was this an early Mona days yeah. when you weren't a monster? Because this doesn't doesn't read me like Mona. That's I don't know. right. Definitely early Mona. It's a bit days. pricey for what it does, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Matt. Well, dog, it's not your turn now. Is okay. Mona? Yeah, but it's now. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And it is an owl. Yeah. Yes, it is an owl. It's a tawny owl. It costs three um, because, it's a, of course, it's a creature, so a care magical creature. Uh, when you play this card, you may put a non-healing item card from your discard pile into your hand. Um, so, you know, this is... This is good. Like like we said, all the owls do something. They have some ability, um, you know. So I, I kind of like this. I mean, especially if you've got something like dragon hide gloves, um, as far yeah. as the items, you know. Or um, there's a couple books that that are good also for care magical creatures. But either way, it's good to have. Definitely yeah. perfect for the owl deck. I, I'm glad that they even gave us this many owls with Diagon yeah. Alley as a set so people can experiment 100%. with that. I know that's another thing Sammy had said on our interview. He's like, if you like owls, you're welcome. So I'm excited to see what the revival has in store for yeah. uh, those people. But uh, all right, this brings us to our second to last card of the set. It reads uh, Teacup to Rat. It costs uh, three Transfiguration Lesson power, and it's a spell that reads Choose one of your opponent's items in play and discard it, then draw a card. So again, very straightforward. Uh, get rid of an item and build up your resources. Yeah, pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you have Petunia, you know, almost kissing a rat because of Lily Potter. Yes. Mm. So interesting. That is. And and then we can move to our last book. It's just a standard book of spells, grade one. It's a charms book. Provides one, you know, cost two, provides one charm, and then can draw you two cards if you discard it. So that's the end of our of our cards. That's it. Yeah, we did it again. And that's the thing. Uh, as usual, uh, since there's 80 in the set, the last five are just lessons. We got care, magical creatures, charms, potions, Quidditch, and transfiguration. Yep. So we did it, we yeah. Did I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Diagon Alley. This, like, yeah, the locations, uh, just some really good cards in there. The rares, uh, that's one thing I wanted to talk about at the beginning of this episode is I do have an entire box, a booster box, that I intend on opening on a live stream for you guys. So that being said, it's about time we start wrapping this episode and doing our plugs and stuff. So I do want to shout out, so this episode is going live on the first Friday of... Uh, June. So I'm thinking our un- our unboxing event will most likely be taking place on Saturday the 12th uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're not able to make that, uh, by all means, we'll have links to where you can find this uh, event, uh, the Twitch channel specifically, and you can watch the VOD and see what kind of uh, cards are pulled. But should be a very fun time, and I'm really looking forward to that. So if you're available, definitely check Heck that yeah. out. But and we'll also be posting some stuff on our social media about all that as well. But uh, let's wrap this one up. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Emilio, let's hear from you about uh, your YouTube channel and where our listeners can find you. Of course, you can find me in Nostalgia Collective Investments in YouTube, and I have the links there for my Instagram and 
uh, what they call what's the the tactics the TikTok and um, <laughs> you know Twitch Twitch yeah anyway I have everything there you can find me anywhere but just go to my YouTube first is what I mainly do and you, I can learn about you can learn about all like lots of old games like Neopets Maple Story Harry Potter the list goes on and most recently Metasu check out Metasu I think you'll like it. Yeah, very cool. I'm glad you introduced me to that. And how about you, Mona? Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, so you can find me on YouTube. Into the Flu is the name of my YouTube channel, uh, where I talk about the Harry Potter TCG specifically, but I also dive into some of the old vintage merchandise from the same time period, uh, so we can sort of see like the different art uh, that we'll find familiar from the card game and then into the toys and things yep. like that, which I totally dig. Uh, it's one of my favorite things about that time period and Harry Potter. Um, yeah, my Instagram, Harry Potter Morsi. I'm always posting some stuff there, just sort of showcasing a bit of my collection. Um, and a new venture for me is I began as, um, I began working with MuggleNet. For those of you who know what MuggleNet mm -hmm. is, um, I'm a columnist and content creator for them now. And so what I'm doing is uh, writing articles for them and making videos. It's exclusive for MuggleNet. So you guys can find out more about that. I think the first one goes live in June, I want to say. So around the same time that Fun. this will go out. Um, so yeah, Excellent. I mean, just whatever support you guys want to uh, show to that, please do. And uh, my my main goal with that is to really sort of bring the Harry Potter TCG and all this old stuff into the Harry Potter community because I think a lot of people sort of forget about that because we get lost in the film age of Harry Potter. And so my yeah, very oh, first yeah. my very first article is about the Harry Potter TCG. So uh, read about it. I'm really Let's excited go. to be able to to be the person to um, you know sort of like revive it in that way and kind of make it uh, mm -hmm. on that platform. So any feedback you guys have or anything you think that I should be writing about, please let me know. Cool stuff. Yes, that's super exciting. And yes, like I said earlier in the episode, listener, you can always get in touch with us at renovatepodcast at gmail.com. We love getting your feedback. We've been getting some really good mm -hmm. reviews and uh, comments and stuff. So we appreciate you guys so much. And yeah, that's super exciting to hear about that uh, opportunity you have, Mona. And yeah, there's so many people that are still, every time I tell someone that there even is a Harry Potter yeah. trading card game, mm -hmm. they just get so excited and yeah. are like, I didn't even know. Right. So, and Definitely. the fact that we're living at a time where in the throw of this whole revival it's like perfect for people to get involved so if you're excited uh please uh tell some friends and let them know what you think of our show but that's going to do it for this week uh we'll be back next month we also have another uh interview on the horizon with some more revival team members probably recapping this uh tournament we're in the midst of but thanks for listening guys uh for this time uh we can say that was it and we'll say mischief managed mischief, <laughs> mischief managed, managed. Thank you.